Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good things. And ladies and gentlemen, we're joined today. He's back after having the day off yesterday. Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett is here. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing well, John. Uh, it's great to be back here in the studio with I can't believe who I'm here with. I know because this is the first time in a uh, couple I mean, years. Yeah, well, since the three well, of us have been in the studio together. I think the last time we were all in the studio together, we were talking about how long this COVID thing was going to last. It was, it was in, I think, April. It was, it was in April of 2020. Yeah, it was in April of 2020 because then all of a sudden we were like, oh, we probably should be socially distancing from each other and we can't do that in the studio. And I don't want Joey Bishop to get the COVID. So, uh, yeah. It was, <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. So I think it was like, um, yeah, so it's the OGQ. For all of the newcomers to the John Campia show, I am not the new girl. I'm actually the old bitch. <laughs> the old bitch is back. So, yeah. Wow. It's the OG. Well, I'm not the OG crew, but I'm the most recent OG crew. Yeah, but before last time I saw you, you hadn't yet acted with Will Smith. Ah, that is very true. Oh, now, yeah. Now I've yeah. actually watched you in the theater and on HBO Max. Well, that's more than what I've done. You know, I still haven't seen the movie. What? You didn't see the uh, movie yet? So here's the problem. Here's the problem. This is how I know my kid has aggressive FOMO. So the movie came out on November 19th. We were supposed to fly to Boise. Our baby was born via surrogate. And we were supposed to fly to Boise on the 17th. And then just like hang out in Boise, waiting for this kid to arrive for a couple of weeks. And then on the 16th at 7 a.m., my phone is blowing up. She's in labor. She's in the hospital. And I go, really, kid? You couldn't have waited. And so he's like, my mom and dad are both in a movie. Obviously, I need to be here for this. So, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we we didn't we were going to go with you know our surrogate, her whole family. We we're all going to go see King Richard in the theater. But uh, instead, we were flying a baby home from Boise. And then we just kind of were up to our ankle you know up to our ears and diapers and never got around to watching it on hbo so it's good <laughs> well i'm waiting for it to come back to hbo so that i can actually watch it and fully focus well now the whole gang is back in the house again except for one rake wasn't able to make it in today he'll be back again tomorrow but anyway guys it's great to have you guys here today and we're so happy you decided to make this show part of your day Here's how today's show is going to go. We break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you'd like to get in a live comment or question, there are two ways to do it. Number one, if you're watching live and only if you're watching live, you can go ahead and use the super chat feature over there in the YouTube chat. I only leave it open for like 15 or 20 minutes. Then I have to close it down or else we'll be here all day. So if you got something to say about any of the topics we're talking about, throw it on in there. If you're watching the show any of the other 22 hours during the day just go down to the description of this video and you'll see a tip link click on that link or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movie blog tv slash tip you'll be getting your comment or question read on the show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate to be used on our show and of course you'll be supporting the channel at the same time and all of us involved with the john campus show thank you guys very much for your support all right guys Let's get things started with a couple of off the tops. And one thing, a, a real unfortunate thing we got to start start with off the top. Um, as you guys know, we've been talking a lot about Moon Knight 
recently. And of course, you know, we, we Rob did a big breakdown of giving you a crash course on Moon Knight and everything you need to know. Then the trailer dropped the other day and we talked about that yesterday, of course. Well, today we found out now I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm familiar with the actor myself. Uh, so I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce his name. Forgive me if I do. But a French actor who is one of the stars of Moon Knight, the upcoming Moon Knight, he plays Midnight Man in the upcoming Moon Knight, uh, Gaspard Uil, Ulil, I, I, and I may be mispronouncing his last name, uh, one of the stars of Moon Knight, has passed away after a head injury uh, during a ski accident. <clears throat> and you always, 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 uh, I mean, anybody passing away is, is a tragedy. Passing away at 37. Mm. Passing away right on the cusp of, of maybe his biggest role yet as far as notoriety and people are going to be taking notice and all that kind of stuff. Um, and right on the eve of the trailer coming out too. And and this is a real unfortunate thing. Rob, you heard about this. First of all, give us, a, can you give us a little bit about, you know, for people who may not know anything about it, who Midnight Man is, who he was going to be playing and, and, and your thoughts about this and how this kind of affects the whole <laughs> atmosphere of of the show now at well, the moment yeah i mean it's interesting that midnight man is a uh, a moon knight villain that goes all the way back to the first series that bill sinkevich and doug mensch wrote and i'm not sure if they created him it was like really on early on and he was a horribly disfigured he, he wasn't he was a horribly disfigured uh villain that was in the sewers kind of a thing i mean it he he wasn't he wasn't a super powered character, uh, but but it very, just an early early Moon Knight villain, and I think if memory serves, there's a great cover with Midnight Man. I want to th say it's in a gallery where you see Midnight Man and Moon Knight squaring off, and there's like pictures behind him. And I I, I want to say it's issue eight or nine or something. Keep in mind, this is we're talking forty years ago. So <laughs> what can I say? But uh, I just think it's cool that they have that character actually in. The comics, and there—that's the one I'm talking about, John. Third from the top on the left side, that cover. Let me see if I can get this on screen for everybody. Yeah, is that like the Mona Lisa or something? I can't even believe I remember that. That's just—that's nutty. It's funny because their outfits are kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't. That's so sad. It it is so sad when you hear about that. What issue is that? Oh, I couldn't. I can't even see. Oh. I can't see not from this image. That's this so one. weird because, dude, that's that has to be from 1980 or 81. Oh, that's the first appearance of the character. You I know, believe. Aaron, like as as a, as a performer mm -hmm. yourself, I mean, whenever you hear about anybody passing away at anything, you obviously had a very uh, notable experience with that when your co-star, you're the star of Spartacus passed away, like in between seasons and, and things like that. <sighs> What does this do to a, a creative crew and cast and stuff like that when somebody you've worked alongside with, when somebody who you have done all this stuff with suddenly passes away? What type of an atmosphere does that create amongst the, the crew and the rest of the team? Well, it's just debilitating. I mean, uh, you know, so 
yes, when Andy Whitfield um, passed away from cancer, and it, it, it's actually bringing up a lot of these, a lot of similarities because, um, you know, this young man was 37, Andy was only 38. Um, this young man uh, is clearly a star in France. He had won what is the equivalent of the French, it, it, it's the equivalent of the Oscars in yeah. France. He had won it for um, Most Promising Newcomer. He was nominated three times. He's had a, a just an incredible career. He's been acting since he was 12 years old. He also has a really um, remarkable modeling career. He's a face of Longchamp. Um, and he's, you know, yeah, very promising career, similar to Andy Whitfield, who was um, a Welsh actor living in Australia and had just done Spartacus, which was going to launch his career. Uh, in America and really just changed the trajectory of his life. And it seems like this young man similarly had done, um, a, had really reached some, some, a, a great level of success in France. And now, you know, doing Moon Knight, which was going to just raise his profile on the international stage and for American audiences as well, um, for him to be, um, for him to, to pass so tragically and suddenly, uh, it, it's really it's just a tragedy and certainly puts a, at the very least, a damper on the energy of promoting the show because now, yeah. you know, I mean, anytime that you're not going to, if you're promoting Moon Knight, you're not going to be able to do that without obviously talking about this, you know, and um, and so it just puts a different color onto, onto things and we don't want to say, oh, well, you know, we don't want to uh, put a, you know, a damper on promoting a television show over something, but it, it, I don't mean to trivialize someone's death by saying that, but it does go hand in hand. You know, it's sort of like what was the um, the vampire movie that Aaliyah starred in with Stuart Queen Townsend, of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. You know, and then of course there was a lot of uh, question about should the movie even come out? And you know, we've seen that happen with Chadwick Boseman and his passing. What happens with um, the character? You know, do we recast? And right before we started the show today, I asked Rob, you know, is this character of Midnight Man, is this a character that could be recast? Is, or we don't even know if this is a character that by the end of the season survives, survives, yeah. you know, as a character. So it's just a, a, an overall tragedy. And certainly for people who knew him and, you know, to, to the fans in France, anyone in, Fra in France who may be watching, we are so sorry for, for the loss of such a clearly beloved young actor who had such incredible promise. Question is for you guys. Um, how are you feeling about this, about uh, the past? Were you familiar with this work? Maybe his was a brand new name to you like he was for me. It's going to add an extra little layer of emotion, I'm sure, when Moon Knight eventually does come out. Whatever you guys are feeling about it, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top here, shall we? And that off the top is this. Other than, you know, there there's some really exciting series coming out. We've got, I mean, Pacemaker's out right now. By the way, 14 hours, T-minus 14 hours until the new episode of Peacemaker comes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm back to counting down the clock it's again. so good. I haven't done this since probably one division. <laughs> I haven't probably done I, a countdown clock. I watched the clock. first episode with Elizabeth last night again. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this show's great. I, go, I know. What's her favorite part? Probably John Cena's body. Yeah. I mean, the underwear <laughs> dancing scene. What also picking up the massager, 
She couldn't stop oh. laughing. Oh, that that was <laughs> singing into the massager that as a, as a And I love those moments like that where you either know or you don't know. But if you know, it's really funny. And if you don't know, that's okay. I, 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 she was dying. Yeah, that's so, yeah, great. I am back to counting down the hours. But that Obi-Wan is coming out. Very, very excited about that. But I don't know that there's anything upcoming on television that I'm more excited about than Lord of the Rings. This Amazon series. And listen, it was a couple of years ago now. Do you remember when they put out that little sizzle reel of just that just listed all the people behind the scenes that were working on it? And I'm like, oh, my God, like, look at these everything from concept artists to the screenwriters to the production team to all that kind of stuff. And I just remember looking at that and being like, this is this is going to be really, really special. Well, they've released their first little teaser. And they've finally given us the official title of the new uh, Lord of the Rings show. And it's called, I believe it's called Rings of Power. It's going to be called Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. And basically the whole teaser is basically Galadriel reciting. It's just kind of a concept thing where you see the molten gold metal going through uh, the spear where it just come down and takes its form and shape and hearing that those iconic seven for the dwarven lords and their halls of stone and that whole thing. And I just was watching it and I was getting goosebumps, like goosebumps and hearing kind of those musical notes, those musical hints in the background as it's going on. And I was just, I, I just could not believe how excited I was feeling about it because, you know, it, it, here's the word again. It's the tangibilization. This, right. this is the first piece of tangible, you know, it's not just in the ether. It's it's a real thing now. There's this, there's this teaser sitting and in front of us. And it's tough because how long has it been made? For 18,000 years? For as long as the Second Age lasted or whatever? I mean, it feels like forever. And, and it is by far the most expensive television like not, it's not close. It is by far the most expensive television project. By a factor of 10. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely nuts what they have invested into this show and what they're doing. Now, again, this show might be terrible. It might be awful. We don't know. If it is, it'll be the biggest debacle in entertainment history. It'll be one of the biggest letdowns ever. But I, I'm telling you right now, the anticipation and my excitement level for this is like off the charts. Rob, you had a chance to take a look at this. What do you think? I, I got to tell you, John, like you, um, I thought if you're going to put out a teaser, obviously this is set in the second age when the original rings of power were forged. And I think it's pretty much a perfect title for the show, harking back to the opening of Fellowship of the Ring, because that was all about the second age, the the opening montage where you see the first battle of Middle Earth. I, I thought this was a great way to introduce this show. And I have to say, I think everyone loves Lord of the Rings, you know, having worked on it for years, doing the special features with the team we were working with. I, I, Dude, I'm in. Just count me in. Because I just, I, I hope and pray that it's good. I just want it to be good. Now, they did something. I, I thought it was very wise of them here to just put out, like, it, there, no characters, no anything. It's just, it's, a, it's it's not even a teaser trailer. It's an announcement. It's an announcement trailer. Yeah. But still, you get to hear that voice, and it's great. Aaron, I don't know where you, you're at right now as far as anticipation levels for a Lord of the Rings show or anything like that. But what are your thoughts? What's your anticipation well, level like? And what did you think? Already, I'm having like a six degree situation because I'm looking at this cast. We have Cynthia Day Robinson, 
who was on Spartacus. She took over the role of Navia. She took over the role of Navia when Leslie Ann Brandt left the show. And so great to see her here. And then also, this is a like 18 degrees, but Lloyd Owen, um, who is also in Lord of the Rings, he was the star of a show called Viva Laughlin. And it lasted three episodes. It was the first showrunner job that Stephen DeKnight, the showrunner for Spartacus, it was his first showrunner job and uh, the job that he was like, I really want to take this off of my resume. But um, so <laughs> quick departure, but it is a Hollywood story. I actually um, I worked with Lloyd briefly and I we were talking about tragic Hollywood stories. And he said he moved to Los Angeles with his family, I believe, from England or Australia. I don't even know. And he said, as we were driving from the airport, the, you know, the driver picked us up. And as we're driving down Sunset Boulevard, I see my face going up on the side of a massive building. And it's just me. And it's like Viva Laughlin premiering, blah, blah, blah. And he said, and we were on set and the producer comes in and goes, Okay, everybody, so uh, we've just been canceled. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you want to get some lunch? You can. Um, but thank you ever, thank you so much. And he said immediately all of the entire crew just was like, okay, just starts packing up lights and all the actors were going, no, 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 no. Wait, what, what do you mean? He goes, the actors were just dumbstruck. And he said, so I go home. I tell my family. And as we're in the car driving to the airport, my son goes, Daddy, look. And he just, I turned around and I see them tearing my face off the building. <laughs> oh, that's got to So Lloyd hurt. Owen, I am so happy for you <laughs> that you are in this show. And just because of that, just because of that heartbreaking tragedy... <laughs> <laughs> which is which is so hilarious. That's a great Hollywood story. It is, such, it is such a Hollywood story, right? <laughs> um, so for that, and for Cynthia Day Robinson uh, from Sp Navy, the second Navia from Spartacus, uh, I hope that this show does incredibly well. If for nothing else, then for those two actors. <laughs> I know. I know. Ray's been looking forward to this too. Like, and Ray, Ray is what you call excitement deficit he, he doesn't he doesn't get excited about a lot of things but I, he was pretty excited if i remember he was pretty excited about this so i, I was kind of hoping you'd be here so we'll ask him about it tomorrow when you're back we'll ask him about that excitement. tomorrow anyway guys question is for you have you had a chance to see this lord of the Rings spot if so what did you think about it are you excited maybe you don't even really care about the series maybe you're more like me where you just cannot wait for this thing to come whatever you guys are feeling jump down to the comment section below and let us know your Thoughts. Okay, guys, before we go any further uh, in the show today and get into our main topics, we want to pay some bills here and thank the sponsor of today's episode. Listen, guys, new year, time to get into shape. And our folks over at Peloton are here to help you. And thank you to Peloton for sponsoring this episode. Check this out. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Peloton. Now, look, guys, it's a brand new year. It's 2022. And if you're like me and a lot of other people, you've probably made some kind of fitness resolutions for the new year, as we often do. But let's face it, it's not always easier, convenient, or time efficient to get to the gym. It's easy to become bored and bogged down in the mundane of the same old kind of workout routines. It's hard to get motivated with that. But Peloton has your back. Now, of course, we all know Peloton's bikes, the Peloton tread. You know, Ann and I moved into 
our new house here. And of course, you know that I ordered a Peloton tread because I love my treadmills. But Peloton keeps working out fresh, exciting, and new to keep you motivated in the new year. Because, you know, right now, Peloton is pushing you further with so much new stuff, new classes, new music, new ways to keep you and your workouts fun and motivating at the same time. Now, you guys know me for years. I love just getting on my treadmill. I don't just get on there to jog. I often just get on there to think or do work or do research. I like doing all that. But on top of all that, they have a whole lot of classes that you can do while you're on the equipment at the same time. And listen, going into the new year, they've got a whole bunch of new stuff. For example, they have boxing classes. Peloton is stepping into the ring with you guys with this newest exercise. No gloves needed. You can discover fast, furious, and fun workouts with Peloton instructors right there in your corner on the app. And they're introducing a whole lot more in terms of daily variety in your workouts. Like it's easier to stick to your goals when you keep your workouts interesting. Peloton's got a workout for every goal, every day, and every mood you might be in. De-stress from a long day with a 30-minute strength and 20 minutes of cardio. Do a quick 15 minutes of a total body class before work. Whatever works for you to stay motivated while having fun with bike workouts, yoga, meditation, dance, cardio, whatever it is you need. And right now, for a limited time, try the Peloton app for free for two months. Then it's just $12.99 a month after that. New members only. So visit onepeloton.com slash app to learn more. Now that's two months free at onepeloton, that's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com slash app. The offer expires on January 31st and terms may apply. And again, we want to thank Peloton for sponsoring this video. All right, guys, and thank you again to Peloton for supporting your John Campia show. We're excited about that. I love my <laughs> treadmills. I really do. I'm on them every day. Anyway, guys, with all that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here in the John Campia show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel needs to be a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Aaron. What is our first main topic today? Our first main topic comes from Jeremy Flowers. Hi, John. I hope Rob is there. He is, because I want to ask about Picard season two. I was really surprised to hear that it's going to premiere on March 3rd, because didn't they just have a shutdown production? Didn't they just have to shut down production due to COVID? I'm super happy, though, because as a Next Generation fan, I totally love Picard season one. Do you think that it can make the March 3rd date with the de with the delays? And what are your expectations for season two? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, listen. There, there's a difference of opinion in this room. I love Picard season one. I thought it was great. I am like you on that. And and like you, I was also kind of surprised when I heard that they have now a release date for March because we just talked about not long ago about Picard shutting down all production because like 50 members of the crew got diagnosed with uh, COVID. So they shut the whole production down. Well, here's the thing about that. They weren't shooting Picard season two. They're already shooting Picard season three. 
And they're actually already back and on schedule and shooting. But yes, Picard Season 2 is coming in March. This comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who write the following. Paramount Plus has finally unveiled the release date for Star Trek Picard Season 2, and it's a bit later than initially expected. Following a thrilling... Uh, where did I look? Okay. Following a thrilling first season, Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart and his crew will return for a new, vastly different adventure on Tuesday. Paramount Plus revealed uh, just... Where are we going with this? Uh, revealed just when fans can expect Star Trek Picard to return to their screens. Thursday, March the 3rd. Episodes will release weekly on Thursdays. This is a bit later than the initial February timeframe Paramount Plus gave last fall, but it's so close to then that fans will likely forgive it. The streamer also confirmed filming is still underway on season three. So once again, what we're talking about here is the shutdown they had with season three. I didn't realize that at the time. I actually thought they were still shooting season two, oh. to be honest with you, even though they had put out the teasers for it and everything and seeing John DeLance coming back as Q is, is always makes my heart feel happy about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like get, living in the era that we live in right now, delays is not a surprise. I mean, we expect delays to happen. While they're pushing this just from February to March, I don't know. Clearly, there's probably some kind of strategy to it. Discovery is in a, a hiatus right now, and they may have moved the date to coincide with, with that. So that might, might be a part of the strategy there as well. So look, all I'll say for myself is I am very excited about Picard Season 2. Uh, I didn't even realize, I probably read it before and didn't know, but I didn't even realize they had greenlit a season three and we're already in production about that. So I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, but other than that, yeah, that that clears up the confusion that they were shooting season three when they shot, shut down, not season two coming in March. Rob, I mean, we live in an era right now where we, it's it's nothing new. Every day we hear about things being moved. You know, release dates being moved, production schedules being bumped. Not a big surprise. This is a very small move from February to March. Were you aware that they were already shooting season three? Yeah. And what do you think about the choice of the release dates and everything right well, now? Well, you know, I think these also are, are, there's a lot of post-production involved in the creation of these shows. So they brought back Prodigy, Star Trek Prodigy, the animated right. series, to show more of those. And they sort of gave Discovery a bit of a buffer to continue the post-production on this season right and when season four of discovery was greenlit it's my understanding that a season five was also greenlit i didn't realize that. star trek strange new worlds had a two-season order to start with and then picard had season two and three as well by the way can i just mention this i have not watched strange new worlds is that the one with janeway with with the no anime? no that's that's prodigy prodigy strange oh, so new worlds strange world. with, right. yeah that I, I did check that i didn't that like does, that at all yeah that, well that doesn't debut yet so strange new worlds oh is, strange new worlds is the is the um uh, enterprise it, yes yes right now and i am so looking you, forward to that got lower decks and lower prodigy. decks i hated i saw the first little bit i hated that i haven't checked out this prodigy thing i'm surprised because I think it looks stupid. Uh, I, I've heard some people say they actually kind of like it. I will actually say. <laughs> have you watched it? I have. Of all of the modern Star Trek, I kind of like Project. I, I guess I got to check it out. Now, I kind of, you know what? I think it's beautifully made. My problem with it fundamentally is that I think that the main characters in Star Trek should be human beings. It's about humanity moving out of the cosmos. This right. is not that. It's more, it's, you know, directed more towards children. And it's it's more of a Guardians of the Galaxy-esque kind of a feel, really. Uh, but it's not bad. Okay, I'm not I, 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 I mean, I know people are going to be like, <gasps> I have something good to say about modern Star Trek. Well, <laughs> Prodigy is, is, of all the modern uh, Trek shows, I, I'll watch it. 
But I, you know, I, I think that that um, there's a lot of Star Trek on. Let me ask you this, and I, I don't mean to sound morbid at all, because I, I think we all agree. Well, that- I, I feel that morbid. I've been morbid about Star Trek since 2009, <laughs> but you know. But I, I think we all agree that Sir Patrick Stewart is a global treasure. Mm. I, I, I think we'll all agree about that. Could the fact that they're already in production on season three, does that have anything to do with Patrick's age? Do you think that just the fact that like we don't know how long, mm. how, many, how many more years Patrick can have a very heavy active shooting schedule and stuff like that. And we should probably get this while we can. Well, that could be, but I think that it makes sense. These are very, very expensive shows yeah. to produce. And starting and stopping uh, becomes expensive. And I think that that it makes more sense to, they rolled right in from season two into season three. Right. And I think that makes sense for a show like this because the post-production is so long. Mm. And I mean, also Patrick Stewart, they have to get him insured. So that could be part of it. Like he is, it is called Picard. But so. I mean, Aaron, Aaron would know this, like shooting an, a series like, it's one thing to shoot a movie, uh, you know, an actor go on set for two months, three months, whatever. Shooting a series, that is a rigorous, like, heavy mm-hmm. schedule. And, like, when you're, I don't even remember how old Patrick Stewart is right now. But the fact that he's not only shooting. I think he's in his 80s now. He's in his mm-hmm. 80s, shooting series TV and shooting, like, se- seasons back to back. I mean, that's got to be a lot for anybody. Right, of course. But again, you know, remember, these are not seasons like in a procedural where you have 22 episodes. These are, you know, eight to 10 episode seasons. And, you know, similarly, you know, like with Mr. Robot, for example, they block shot the entire season, meaning that um, all, let's say there were 10 episodes in a season, they shot all 10 episodes as if it was a massive 10 hour movie. And so even though yes, season two of Picard has already is already in the can um, and they're now shooting season three, as Rob was saying, financially, it's, it's fiscally responsible. If you know that you're going to have, um, if I mean, once they did the first season and they saw the fan reaction, they went, okay, we have a hit on our hands. This is not one of those shows that really is going to be dependent on the numbers every right, week. Right. So they go, okay, we know we're going to have two more seasons. Let's just go ahead and green light it. That way we can front load a lot of the, you know, more financially, you know, some of the more costly items. I don't think that Picard that sorry, Picard's. I don't think that Patrick Stewart's age so much has anything to do has as much to do with it as just the fiscal responsibility of, you know, cramming it all together. And also to be honest, as an actor or as a, you know, as part of the production in general, it does make more sense to squeeze it all together and then have a longer hiatus. I would rather work nonstop for you know six months and then have six months off versus working for four months, have three months off, go back. You know, it, it, and because yep. that also allows people during that longer hiatus to do films, to do other projects that they are interested in. And interestingly enough, you know what I, what I read last night. Terry Metalis, um, who was the showrunner for 12 Monkeys and um, uh, a procedural last year, I think it was like Hawaii. Five he over. took over on Picard. Yeah, he took Second over season. for season oh, okay. two. And Terry Metalis was actually the assistant for Brandon Braga, the creator and showrunner of Star Trek Enterprise. Which was your television debut? My television debut as <laughs> prostitute number one. Um, but yeah, so I, so I. What actually, episode? It's all connected. The Carpenter Street episode. 
It's all connected. Yeah. So Terry Metalis, uh, it, it's great. I was really excited when I saw that he was kind of that he was going back to his Star Trek roots. You know, it just sort of makes sense. And of course, you know, he would be such a great person to lead the show. And you know what? Uh, fingers I, I, crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Now, here's the thing. I, I've said for a long time that the best thing on the Internet for the last couple of years is is easily the Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds fake uh, beef like that. That can go on forever. So I'm concerned. Prior to that, the other greatest thing on the internet is Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart on their travels. When they're, they, they're, like, bro, they're bro down, bro oh, down together. When all they're over. out in like they're the phone booths and they're on the bridges and they're out drinking. I mean, that is like the greatest thing in the world to see. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think? We got Picard season two coming in March now, a little bit later, but not too far off. How are you guys feeling about that? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With all that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Aaron, what is our second main topic today? Yes, our main second main topic comes in from Boba Frank. He says, hey, crew, <laughs> if I'm going to be completely honest, I have to say that I haven't loved Boba Fett so far. I was more excited for it. Than, I was more excited for it than Mandalorian. I was more excited for it that Mandalorian season three, but the first three episodes have left me feeling flat. Tonight, I've got my fingers crossed that it will turn the corner. If you get this in time for Wednesday's show, what did you think of the new episode? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Boba Frank. And yeah, look, I, I, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I was almost more excited for Book of Boba Fett than I was for Mandalorian season three. I mean, I was still more excited for Mandalorian season three, but the way they used Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two, that ending with them taking out Bib Fortuna, I think it's fair to say my anticipation level for this was huge, massively huge. I have not hated the series, but I have been disappointed by it. Um, and it's especially surprising when you realize this is the same team doing Mandalorian. It's still John Favreau. And when you look at what, and it's not like John Favreau just got lucky with Mandalorian season one. He followed that up with Mandalorian season two, which a lot of people think was even better than Mandalorian season one. And so I've been kind of surprised with the the level of quality or lack thereof that we've had in Boba Fett through the first three episodes. I thought episode two was pretty good. I liked I episode two. Um, why they brought the, the Moss Espa Vespas into this thing, I, I have no idea, but it we've had a lot of reason to question Boba Fett's intelligence. Um, his management skills, all that kind of stuff. So we go into episode three or episode four. I will say this. I thought episode four was a good episode. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good episode, but boy, did it start shaky. And boy, does it continue to cause us to question the basic intelligence of Boba Fett. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say much because I want to go into real key specific details. But there's a scene where he's hovering over something. And we're all just like, well, we all know what's about to happen, right? Like we all, if you saw the episode, you know what we're talking. We all know what's about to happen. The only person in this realm of reality that didn't know it was about to happen apparently was Boba Fett. And like that happens, and I'm like, eh. But again, I, I thought, I thought once you got past the first part of the episode, which again was pretty weak, and why we're, why the neo techno EDM kid gangs. In, in Tatooine that uh, whatever it that's so it's just it's dumb it's so bad but once they move beyond that stuff in the story I actually thought it picked up and I ended up by the time the episode ended going okay all right I, I like this episode 
no, not as good as almost any episode of Mandalorian, but I, I still liked it. Anyway, Rob, where have you been at as far as being through Boba Fett episode three? And, and what did you generally feel about Boba Fett episode four? I feel this show is incredibly schizophrenic. And my response to this show is I, I feel like I'm being whipped around. I'm being dragged behind a car by a chain and I get thrown all over the place. Some of it's good. I think some of it's needless. I thought the first half of this episode was pretty useless. I mean, the idea that I don't want to, I can't spoil it. I don't want to spoil anything, but something happens. They reacquire something in the, in this episode that they were missing. And I'm like, it was just the reacquisition of this item was stupid. I mean, it, it all it did was once again, diminish Boba Fett's abilities. And I, I would have liked to have seen, they don't show him being a, the badass he was in Mandalorian. He kind of bumbles his way. There's actually a scene where he's literally bumbling through a kitchen. Can I say that? Sure. And I, I'm just like, really? Come on, man. And why do you have to take this character? This guy has to be the most badass dude ever. And all they do is undercut him at every at every turn. Although I like Tamora Morrison and I like how he's playing the character, but these action scenes, like forget all that. Although that said, the latter half of this episode, I enjoyed a heck of a lot more. And so for me, this episode encompasses both the greatness and the worst of this show it's not as bad as the last episode but i you know what why you, you can't convince me you can ride around on a bantha and move between element places with any kind of speed where you've got he's had he has speeder bikes why doesn't he steal another speeder bike he'd get around a lot faster why aren't fennec shand and him walking around flying around on speeder bikes it's just I, i'm like why do i, I, I anyway there, there there was another thing about it that just made me Go, I mean, look, when you look at the show overall in its entirety, I, I think I thought for a lot of years, the reason I would not be excited for a Boba Fett movie or series is we should not look behind the mask. We shouldn't. I, Part of, I mean, look, the reason Boba Fett was such a popular character for decades, despite, you know, people that always ask me, they say, John, why is this Boba Fett so popular? He hardly did anything in the movies. You barely saw him. You, he hardly had any lines. I'm like, that's it exactly. There was a mystery to him. He's the guy who came out of nowhere and took down Han Solo. That's right. You know, all that kind of stuff. This idea, of, like even when Josh Trank was going to do the movie, and I, I liked Josh Trank as a filmmaker very much at the time, but I was like, I don't want to see Boba Fett coming home, taking off his mask, have... Boba Fett Jr. run up and hand him his brandy after a long, hard day of bounty hunting and, you know, <laughs> say, you know, then the wife gets home from work and says, I got dinner tonight, dear. And then he goes and makes dinner. And well, I, I don't want to see that. Mandalorian season two changed my mind. It changed my mind because you're right. Say whatever you want about these episodes of Boba Fett. Tamora is playing the hell out of it. Like the best, I thought the best moment in this episode, maybe even the best moment in the entire series so far, other than when he came back to find the Tusken Raiders village destroyed. That was, that was really good. I'll, I'll, that was a really emotional moment. But there was a scene in this episode where just him and, and, and Fennec are just sitting down talking and him talking, talking about his plans. And I'm like, this is good stuff. Yeah. But it says something when in a Boba Fett show, that the best scene is when nothing is happening. 
But again, it was a good moment. Oh, and I got it. Um, Kersantin, Black uh, Kersantin. There was a scene with him in this that I also thought was pretty good. I I, I got to say, I like that scene. Too. I got to say, give Jennifer Beals her own show. Give her more to do. I, I, I love her. She shows up. I love her acting. I mean, she's like blowing everybody else away. I never thought, you know, I took my passion and made it happen. <laughs> yep. And I never thought that like she's flash dancing up this place and I'm all there for it. In a and world the L word. made of steel, made of stone. Jennifer well, Beals oh, is the I L love, word. No, I love the L word. Yes. But I mean, I never thought... You know, in 1983, with when she's eating pasta and sticking her feet between Michael Nori's <laughs> legs at I mean, dinner. she forever changed a generation of sweatshirt wear. Of sweatshirt yes, wearing. she did. I'm a huge, yes, huge did. fan of Flashdance. Oh, who is not? I'm, is just, I'm a the... huge fan. Oh, and, and, and Adrian Lyne's movie that got delayed, I'm so bummed out. Do you know Flashdance is going to be 40 years old next, 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 next no, year? No, it's not. You're lying. That's 40 that's... Fake news. 40 years old next year. Real? Well, how old is Jennifer Beals? Well, that's the thing. I don't care. She looks amazing. <laughs> oh, she looks great. She looks like Beals by right Jennifer now. whenever. Oh, my God. Wow. Ah. So, okay. anyway, I, I, again, sum it up. I thought this at least episode was an improvement over episode three. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, question is for you guys. How are you feeling about the book of Boba Fett right now? What did you think about episode four? Good, bad, was it an improvement? Was it not good enough? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. <laughs> All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Aaron, what is our third main topic today? It comes from to, from us to us from eHub. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Hey, John and gang, it's almost here. We are a month and a half away from the Batman, and I haven't been this excited for a movie since Endgame. IMDb posted the movie's runtime, and it's clocked at two hours and fifty five minutes. Woo! Do you think this runtime is legit? And what are your thoughts if it is? Thanks. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And obviously, you know, we just talked about that. My most anticipated television show coming is the Lord of the Rings show. My most anticipated movie is the Batman. I I am dying to see this. I think the trailers have been fantastic. I was excited. I mean, we we knew for a while that Ben Affleck wasn't going to be attached anymore. Sad. But, you know, when I heard that they got Matt Reeves, I'm like, okay, if it can't be Ben, Matt Reeves is a pretty damn good choice. And then they shocked the world when they announced Robert Pattinson. Like, mm -hmm. shocked the world. Causing the outcry, millions of voices crying out in terror. Twilight, boy. <laughs> yeah. Twilight, boy. How did I miss you? How did I miss you making that phrase a thing? I mean, it's... Twilight, boy. It's, it's, somebody wrote to me the other day and said, I was at work, and I heard a couple of coworkers talking, and somebody said, Twilight, boy. And I stopped. It's like, do you watch the John Campion show? He's like, yeah. It's like, so anyway. So I guess it's getting around. Twilight Boy is the thing. But like millions of voices who don't understand that that this guy, Robert Pattinson, has been be slowly and quietly becoming one of the best actors in the world mm -hmm. that every director in Hollywood is dying to work with when he did this big succession of incredible performances in smaller indie films. But I got it. People who may not know that and only knew him from Twilight were like, Twilight Boy? <laughs> How they getting the Twilight Boy? But they did, and he's our new Batman, and I think it's going to be great. <laughs> and I think the trailers have been fantastic and all that kind of stuff. One of the big questions that starts to surround movies like this lately is, that people in different eras have never asked. But in the last five years, a lot of fans started asking about an anticipated upcoming movie. How long is it going to be? Mm. Now, maybe no more than Ray, 
Because Ray is like, as soon as the answer goes over 90 minutes, he's like, I'm out. It'll take Same. him 10, 10 sittings to watch this entire It'll film. It'll take him several goes to get through <laughs> Batman. Because some whispers started going around yesterday that Batman was going to clock in at close to three hours. Now, this didn't come from any like real legitimate source. But where it does come from is IMDb. If you look at the top of the Batman uh, page on IMDb, it's listed PG-13, which it is. And at two hours and 55 minutes. Again, I want to emphasize that none of the studios have confirmed this. None of the major trades have confirmed this. I also need to emphasize this, that IMDb, while it is rock solid for your information about movies that have already come out, it's a little shaky on movies that have not yet come out because so many various people have access to change information on it. So you can't take what IMDb says about an upcoming movie to the bank. However, there have been several instances when IMDb has an incorrect piece of information out, and then it usually gets corrected pretty quickly. This listing of two hours and 55 minutes has been up for over 24 hours now, and they haven't changed it. So let's just say before we get into any deep discussion here that I don't know if this is true since all it's saying on IMDb, but hasn't come down. But for the sake of the argument for the rest of the segment, we're going to assume it's real for now, even though it very well may not be. But let's go with it. Two hours and 55 minutes is a long-ass movie. That, that's a long film. Especially for a film that it's the first. John, this ain't the first Batman movie. No, 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 no. But it's the first this Batman movie. Now, normally you'd think of a the sequel or the conclusion of maybe being longer. Hence, you know, Endgame and stuff like that. But at three hours, it's, it's kind of long. And somebody was asking me, I say, would three hours be too long? My answer for that is kind of the same that I give on most of these things. Every, there is no such thing as the right length for a movie. Every movie has its own unique right length. A lot of great movies are like 95 minutes, 100 minutes, whatever. A lot of great movies are 150 minutes, right? It, it just depends. Every movie has a runtime that is best for it. It's, it's, a, it's a facade and it's a lie to say, you know, the movies that come in at like 110 minutes are best. No, that's bullshit. Oh, it's it's best when a movie's three hours. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, three hours is way too long for a lot of things. A hundred and maybe two and a half hours might be too short for others. So it doesn't matter. So I don't really care about that. But what does the runtime tell us? Here's my thought. A Batman movie that's going to be clocking in, a first Batman movie that's going to be clocking in somewhere around the three hour mark, to me says... Matt Reeves is looking to do a lot of world building, a lot of world building. And it also tells me that they've already got their plans for their sequels. I don't think this is a situation where they've got the first one. They're going to make sure it does well, and then they'll move forward and start developing the second one. I think a three hour runtime of a Batman film right now, it says tons of world building and they're already they're laying groundwork for the second and third films, I, I think, at this point. So whether three hours is the right runtime for this film or not, we won't know until we see the movie. We might watch it and think three hours is too short. We might watch it and think it was way too long. But it tells me, at least what I'm taking away from this, is that they've already got plans for the future and they're laying the groundwork for that. Rob, you're seeing this potential maybe runtime of 255, which it may or may not be, but assuming it is for a moment, what do you take away from that? And is that a good move for the first film in a new franchise? Well, it excites me. 
I like long, sprawling, epic movies. And I think what's really interesting is for this, for a lot of superhero movies, you introduce your superhero, you give him his scenario or her scenario, what what the deal is, you introduce the villain, and then the story is about the conflict with that villain. I think there's a lot more going on in this movie. I think like The Dark Knight alluded to, I think they're going to deal with inner city politics. They're going to deal with the fact that there's not just one villain. You've got Penguin. You've got Riddler. You've got Catwoman. So this film, I think, is going to be hugely ambitious in scope and emotion and storytelling. And it's going to be broader in terms of a broader canvas than we're used to with a I'll bet when people look at this, they'll call this, and I have no reason to believe this. I'm just saying if this runtime is true, people are going to say this is the godfather or the good fellas of superhero movies. Those are big words. Wow. I know. That's really? all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I know. Look at you. You're horrified, right? <laughs> I'm but, not horrified. But I mean, in I'm terms just, of like if, those... the scope, the scope of it all. You know, Coppola once said that The Godfather is a movie about a king and his three sons. Uh, King Lear. Okay, well, it's the assuming kind of, but assuming who's going to take the mantle of that. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just about the mafia. I mm -hmm. think this movie is going to be like that. That, that there's a there's it's a much broader story than we're used to. And no one's going to be like, it's just a Batman movie. Right. That's what I think. Aaron, you are I mean, first of all, you've been seeing the trailers for this, all this kind of stuff. You hear about this runtime. Number one, you hear if it is for the sake of argument, three hours. What message do you take away from that? And where's your anticipation level right now for the Batman? The message that I take away from that is that I need to bring an empty two liter bottle. With me. <laughs> Because I don't think that my aim will be as spot on as yours is for obvious reasons. Oh. But if you remember, I did wet my pants when I saw Endgame. I actually, like, finally, I mean, the Kegels can only go so far before you get muscle fatigue. And I was not about to miss the end credit. So I, and then I got to the point where I had to go so bad that I couldn't stand up. And Tom was like, go to the fucking bathroom. I was like, I can't stand up. If I stand <laughs> up, it's just going to happen. And he was like, go to the bathroom. It was, um, yeah. So that happened. So I, I actually wet my pants because I, that's my dedication. That is my wow. dedication. That's how much Endgame had you in thrall. That's how much Endgame had me is that I was so unwilling to miss a moment yeah. that I yeah so 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 uh I have a feeling that that's probably going to happen so if anybody wants to send me a care package of depends um that is how I will see <laughs> no I I really think that what I'm going to need is I'm going to need for you John or Rob whenever you guys go to one of your to the premiere or because I'm always <laughs> the second fiddle you know it's like oh well Rob couldn't go to this premiere so do you want to come Aaron <laughs> so when you guys go to see the premiere or a screening that I'm going to need you to find a point in the like hour and 30 minute <laughs> section where you go, okay, when this happens, go to the bathroom. That's that's your cue. No, I, I'm really excited about this. Um, and I agree with you, Rob, when it comes to world building, you know, I don't think that there's any character that I'm personally more excited for, or who has gotten more of a buildup than Robert Pattinson in this, that, except for Zoe Kravitz yeah. as Catwoman. I mean, there have Catwoman has been done 
you know, I don't think that we've ever really gotten back to Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. You know, she kind of really, st- I mean, Halle Berry's, we saw what happened with that. And Anne Hathaway, don't think that. And that it really- was 30 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So I but I really think that there's a lot of excitement about Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I think that they really want to do right by the character, especially for this film. Um, I think the casting is fantastic. And so it's not just about the Batman. Obviously, that is our main focus. But I think that we're also going to see them setting Zoe Kravitz up for her own Catwoman film. Really? That's my, I'm just putting That's it out there. That's your big prediction on that one. My prediction is that uh, they are setting up Zoe Kravitz for a Catwoman franchise All right, or so for a Catwoman film. I'll, I'll tell you this. But before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, remember that we had heard from people inside Marvel when Eternals was coming that, that people inside the halls of Disney felt that Eternals may just be the best movie Marvel had ever produced. Okay? I got us really excited. I like Eternals. I do too. It ain't the best movie Marvel's ever produced. No. But I liked it. It was good. Me too. So, But just remember that. that I've had some people inside the studio system say, we think this might be the best movie we've ever done, at least in terms of Marvel. And I don't think it turned out that way. That being said, I did talk to one person that's connected to Warner Brothers. Who said, you, you ever hear like the Dallas Cowboys are saying it's Super Bowl or bust? <laughs> Have that work out for you, Cowboys. <laughs> um, but you know, they said it's Oscar nominations or bust. That's, that, that's what they feel like with this Batman movie. They think there are legit Oscar nominations coming. And like not just tech, the technical awards, not just the technical awards are awesome. But uh, but, but they're thinking some of the, the big level awards are actually within reach. Now, that's not going to come anytime soon because if there are Oscars in the future for the Batman, that's going to have to be next year's Academy Awards. Still, high hopes. But then again, we heard the same thing from Disney about Eternals. And while that turned out to be good, we'll have to see. But man, I'll tell you what, the more I see, we just had this picture up here. I'll bring it up again. The more I see of Colin Farrell. That is not Colin Farrell. Oh, that's Colin Farrell. That is not Colin Farrell. That's Colin Farrell's No, no, no. I would never know. I would never guess it. What? Yeah, he plays Penguin. Is that's I mean, him? And the guy in the trailer going, "I got you!" Like, yeah, that's Colin Farrell. How many hours of prosthetics oh, did he gain many. weight, or is that a fa- like, like? No, no, it's it's all it's all body stuff they put on him. Yeah, we wow. should get Colin Farrell and Jared Leto together in his I, in his outfit. <laughs> totally, they could go on a road trip together. Oh, absolutely, the Penguin and Paolo Gucci. But I, I like, I just remember watching the the trailers for it and seeing him in it. I'm thinking. Like I, every time a comic book movie fan sees a Trevor comic book movie, they start going, "Oh, that's best actor!" And it's really stuff. But I got to admit, I got caught up in it too. I'm thinking, I would be surprised at all if Colin Farrell gets the best supporting actor nomination. And don't forget, they're even talking about making an HBO Max series for Colin Farrell's Penguin, <laughs> which which I am all on board. So clearly, wow, they got big plans for this Batman in a three hour runtime. If true, if true, right, um, might be telling us a lot. Anyway, guys. The question is for you. What do you think about this? Now, understanding that it's very, very plausible that this is not going to be two hours and 55 minutes. I mean, it's only on IMDb and that may or may not be true. But if it is, if it is, how do you guys feel about it? Do you think that's too long for a first chapter? Are you like, give me as much as you can? Whatever you guys are feeling about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Hey, listen, before we roll into our 
uh, live questions that you guys have been sending in. I thought we'd play a little game amongst ourselves. No prizes uh -oh. on the line. We're going to play a little game of fill in the blank. So here's Yay. how it goes for you guys. I'm going to throw out a statement. You tell me the best word or phrase that should end that statement and why it is. And Rob, we're going to start over with you, and we're going to start with this question. Uh-oh. The movie that will win Best Picture this year is blank. The movie that will win Best Picture this year is blank. You mean in 2021 or 2022? Uh, this upcoming Oscars. This upcoming. Um, it's not what you would expect. It's not what you'd expect. Explain. Well, that was the first thing that came to mind. I mean, I think that everyone is expecting a certain front runner. I think this movie that's going to win is going to be more like a moonlight. Mm. It's going to be one that comes it, out of left it's field. It's going to come out of left field. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the power of the dog, which a lot of people are talking about. I think it's going to be something that we don't so yet The movie expect. that will win Best Picture this year is not what you expect. Aaron, movie that will win Best Picture of the Year this year is... King Richard. <laughs> Which kind of actor would I be if I weren't promoting the movie that I'm in? I mean, that's uh, that's true. And good luck at the SAG Awards, by the way. Thank you very much. With that with King Richards, uh, and of course the answer is, you know, my, my thinking that the movie that won Best Picture this year is West Side Story. Oh, um, yeah. I, I I think for a lot of reasons, but of course the most important one is I just thought it was the best movie of the year. I, I'm still and Rob, you know, you tried for a year to get me excited about this movie, and I'm like, nope. Nope, this movie's not going to be that great. Dude, the maestro making a musical. Come uh, on now. I just, I could, I still am agog and aghast how great that movie is. I, I Another example that remakes can not only be okay, they can be better than the originals. And, and I think this is better than the original. So for me, it's West Side Story. All right, let's go over to the next one here, shall we? Film the blank number two is... Andrew Garfield returning to play Spider-Man again in an amazing Spider-Man 3 would be blank. Aaron, Andrew Garfield returning to play Spider-Man in an amazing Spider-Man 3 would be blank. A surprise to no one. Really? I mean, I feel like it's the he's the obvious choice. I feel like he's he hasn't had his full run yet. He's having so much fun. You know, I mean, the, the, when he I was reading about how he hid it from Emma Stone that he was going to be coming back in the movie. And he said and he was just he seems to have so much joy around this character. And he in from what I've read and from what I've seen and heard from you also, he is kind of the most beloved of the super of the Spider-Man, excuse me. And, um, and, and I think that he, we're, we have not seen the end of him. And I think that, uh, he has not had his full run yet. It doesn't feel like, like Tobey Maguire, we kind of felt like, yeah, it's, you know, okay, it's time to pass it on. Um, I don't feel that way with Andrew Garfield. I feel like he's got at least one, maybe two more in him. All right, Rob. Andrew Garfield returning to play Spider-Man again in The Amazing Spider-Man 3 would be... Spectacular. Ah! <laughs> there you go. It would be spectacular. Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, and I am going to say Andrew Garfield returning to play Spider-Man again in The Amazing Spider-Man 3 would be unlikely. <laughs> uh, I, 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 as much, I don't think you're going to find anybody who would love it more than me. Like I've been banging on the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man drum. Venom three, dude. For, for That's what's gonna I, happen. I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. But honestly, even though as much as I will celebrate it and break out the party hats, if it does, I'm gonna at this point say it's probably going to remain unlikely. All right, let's go on to a, another one here, shall we? 
This one is uh, simply this. The chances of a Matrix 5 are, and I will go myself on this, the chances of a Matrix 5 are ridiculous. It ain't going to, this was, a, this was an example of one they never should have come back to. Uh, it was too little, too late. They made a pretty piss poor movie. Uh, oh. I mean, in, in my opinion, it, it, I mean, what is beyond opinion is that it tanked horribly. Uh, it just was a bad idea from the start. The chances of Matrix 5 are ridiculous. Rob, what about you? What are the, ch the chances of the Matrix 5 are blank? Virtually non-existent. Explain. Well, I don't think that they're going to make one, but I'm saying virtually, so maybe that isn't true uh, because it's the virtual world and maybe we'll go back because living in a Matrix, making a Matrix 5 would be just like something they would do in the Matrix. So I think virtually non-existent. All right, Aaron, we'll go over to you. The chances of a Matrix 5 are? No. No. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 for the same reasons why you guys just said, specifically, Hollywood is in the business of making money. And if it's not making money, you know, it's a reason why we continue to see the fast franchise pump out more movies. Why? Because they keep making money. And people said, well, how, why are we getting more of these movies? Because people continue to pay to go see them. As long as people are paying to go see it, they will continue to make more of them. When people are not paying to see it, they're not going to continue making more of them. <laughs> and I also think that Keanu Reeves um, is an actor of integrity. Uh, he seems to be a, a, a human of integrity based on the things that we read about him. Um, and, and I just don't, he just doesn't seem like someone, he doesn't need it. And um, if it were something that were going to increase, that we're going to push the storyline more, um, if there were more story to be told, they might have greenlit two of them at the same time, like they did for two and three, right. shot them back to back. But I think that they knew that it was going to be a stretch to get a fourth one, to get audiences to stomach a fourth one as it was. And whether you like the movie or not, the bottom line is it didn't make money. So they're going to move on. All right. Speaking of moving on, let's do one one last uh, one last film the blank. Uh oh, here we go. One last film the blank. Moonfall will go down in Hollywood history as blank. Aaron, Moonfall will go down in Hollywood history as forgettable. Ah, uh, you're not excited about it. Mm. Mm. I'm just not excited about it. Honestly, I mean, I think that it's filled with a wonderful cast. I just it. I I I just don't. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm not excited about it and I don't think that it has um I don't think that it's going to I think it's it falls under the um I was going to use the word pastiche but I know that I'll be using that wrong I just wanted to say that word again um I think that it kind of um for people who are not already invested in it for some other reason, I think they're just going to go, oh, it's like that movie The Martian. Oh, it's like that movie with Amy Adams. Oh, it's like um it's like gravity. It just I think that we're a little um, tired of the moon exploration movies and you can twist it and turn it any way you want, but it kind of falls under that same heading. And I think people are bored of it. I am uh, I'm not excited. Yeah. Moonfall will go down in Hollywood history as an afterthought. Um, this is one of those, while when they brought it up at CinemaCon, it's like, none of us have heard of this. Mm. Uh, and then they play it's like, okay, this is going to be one of these kind of spectacle movies. It's going to come, it's going to go. I mean, Ray may get a moonfall tattoo on his arm. <laughs> By the way, 
uh, as you were speaking there, uh-huh. Ray's been texting me. So Ray didn't show up this morning, and I just got a yeah, text. Yeah, okay? Uh, well, here's what happened. I just got a text on my watch saying, not going to be able to make it in. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, uh, he'll tell me afterwards. I didn't realize this. He had sent me like four messages before that. He did a COVID home test, and he tested positive for COVID on it. I didn't, and I didn't see those ones, or else I would have canceled today's show. But the reason I'm seeing it now is because he's been texting me, and again, he goes, Oh, wait, I totally read the instructions wrong. Oh, my God. I, I did the new test. I'm negative. Mother. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't see like, I didn't see the other ones before the show started. So, Ray, uh, glad, glad you're negative. Ray was over here last night watching Mandalorian or watching uh, Book of Boba Fett with me. So he's Breathing like, all over I me. I'm I'm like, I did the snack test wrong. Yesterday. I'm negative. Okay. So, whew, okay. I'm like, you're sitting there reading. I'm like reading these texts on my watch. Like, oh, my God. Okay. So, no, he's fine. Ray's fine. But see, this is why I don't <laughs> trust the home tests. You know, well, he friend, did it wrong. It, it, he's, he says it's his own human error that he did it wrong. Exactly. You know, like, uh, no, I'm, uh, I, no. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway glad to hear, glad that, to hear that you're okay, Ray. Glad to hear that Happy fine. to hear that. So anyway, uh, Moonfall, uh, we'll go down in Hollywood history as an afterthought. Rob, Moonfall will go down in Hollywood history as an earth shattering smash hit ah. <laughs> <laughs> you and you and ray are both very excited about this Please explain. I are you kidding me a movie about the moon as some alien base of operations for some entity where half the planet's going to be destroyed who doesn't want to see that and you've got you've got <laughs> Samuel Tarley out there, you know. Yeah, he, that, he, I mean, I, it, that movie looks. I saw, by the way, John. I I wanted to stop, and I had to. to after I did uh, my interview, I did yesterday. I was taking Elizabeth to work, and I saw my first Moonfall billboard. Ah. and it's a billboard, but then part of the billboard is graffiti that's sprayed on it, like. The moon sucks. I'm like, I wanted to stop and take a picture. I'm like, this is the greatest billboard I've ever seen. Because clearly this movie is not taking itself seriously. And I, if they're not going to, I will. I'm going to take this movie seriously. Okay. All right. Uh, so that'll do it. Uh, wrapping up our little fill in the blank. I, I, I like doing fill in the blank. I yeah, like that. I you, know, you guys tell us if you like that or not. Maybe we'll do some more in the future. All right, guys, with that all down, let's now move over and start taking the live questions that you guys uh, have been sending in. As soon as I get everything set up properly, because I don't have it set up properly, do, 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 as I take a second and kill time. Give me a moment here. And I have those other questions whenever you You have those other ones ready to go, mm -hmm. but we will get these ones done first. Sorry, I accidentally lo logged out. I will log back in and we will get this all up and running. Okay, now let me try it. Aha, there we go. Okay, now let's go over and start taking the live comments and questions that you guys sent in. This is the glory of doing these shows live, guys. You can't control it. Things go out of hand all the time. Okay, so... We will start off here with the live ones from, and, oh, there we go. We go too, I went too far. Okay. Uh, live questions start coming in from, we are going to say it comes in from, here we go, Suthius. And Suthius writes, uh, 30 minutes of flashback is a little too long in my opinion. I agree. We're talking about Book of Boba Fett. I agree. I, like, I, I don't, flashback should give 
context to what's going on presently. It shouldn't be the story. And they've done that badly with Boba Fett the whole time. Like every episode spent too, too long in flashbacks. And, and I agree with you, Suthius. Uh, Cincinnati's five-star Barbara writes, Hey, everybody, watch the first two episodes of The Peacemaker last night and almost died laughing harder than ever. And that intro, though, LOL. We are now 13 hours, actually 12 hours and 48 minutes. Countdown, 12 hours and 48 minutes away from Peacemaker, episode four. Uh, you got to watch episode five, Cincinnati's five-star Bengal. And by the way, congrats on that Bengals win. Um, <laughs> they got a big, big task ahead of them, though, this week in, in, the, in Tennessee. But... Uh, watch episode three. I think it's the best one of them yet. Rob, you saw the first three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The show delights me to no end. Let me just say that. And I can't, I mean, what's so funny about this show is I honestly, like I said, it's the distillation of James Gunn. It's both sides of, of James Gunn and the slither and the super, the slither and the super side. And I just, I, I really wish I could have been, like an executive at Warner Brothers who sat down to watch that first episode. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, like what, we, what did we allow him to make? And then when you watch, because come on that between the singing and the final, the end of that episode. And then the, then eagerly just inching right up and looking lovingly at his master. I mean, oh. come on. That was the greatest thing. Did, ever. I know you watched the first episode. I watched it. the did, first two. Oh, so I'm you confused. got the first when two When did the down? third one come? What, when did this show come out? The, the, they, they, they dropped the first oh, they three episodes all at once. Three. They dropped all three episodes at once, so the third one's already no, there. No, I saw the first two, and then I saw a preview of the third one, but I didn't, and that was last night. But it's full, it, it's there, so there's oh. probably a preview for it, but if you also look, there's a oh, the full episode Oh, okay, great, is there. okay, so I'll watch and that And I think tonight. the third one was the best episode of the three of them. So I would love to have seen the, I would love to be a fly on the wall for the Warner Brothers um, first viewing. I would also have loved to see, uh, to be a fly on the wall for the, um, the FCC. <laughs> For their first viewing, like or the rated whatever, the people who give the ratings, and the people who the censorship the board, TV ratings, the TV yeah. rated the censorship board, and I also would love love to be in the room um, uh, when when one of the Make a Wish kids watched uh, their John hero Cena. J- John Cena and be like, oh my gosh, that's that guy that came and visited me when I was in the hospital. Let's watch his show. And What's he doing him. to that girl? What's he do- <laughs> I'm hoping that all the Make-A-Wish kids are now adults and healthfully watching this show w- with, uh, you know, the understanding. Mom, I that- found your microphone. I'm just a sing just like. <laughs> what? What? I somebody somebody sent me a meme once. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was a kid finding their mom's sex toys, and it was because if you look at Andy's two toys in Toy Story, what are they named? Buzz and Woody. <laughs> oh, so, it's like, Mom, I found your Buzz and Woody. So anyway, I don't know why we just went there. Let's move on, shall we? Thanks, uh, John Let's go Cena. to the next one here. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, JMB official writes, uh, it's about time Am- Amber Heard starts to be blackballed oh, from Hollywood. I cannot Jesus. stand how Depp was replaced and canceled while Heard was free to keep acting despite evidence of dealing the same abuse. Here's the thing, JMB. Listen, I, th- this is not what people like to hear, but sorry. Now, there is another court case coming up in America, and it will be interesting to see what happens there. But there was a trial. There was a court case, and it ruled against Johnny Depp. As a matter of fact, the judges and the appellate judges all said the facts of the case point to the accusations against Johnny Depp are substantively true. That's court. You can you can think whatever you want to think. And now listen, 
we, we're gonna have to revisit this too once an American case happens, because maybe it goes the other way. But I just love how people who are not there, who are not in the courtroom, who don't, who haven't actually were not in the room where it happened, to quote Hamilton, they're, they're, every, they all know, we know what happens. We know what's true. Well, no, we don't. So that's why we rely on the court. And then, and then when things don't go their way, they say, well, the judges were bought off. Well, it went to the appellate court and the appellate court says, there's no reason for this to be allowed an appeal. And he wasn't even allowed an appeal because they thought the evidence was so overwhelming against Johnny Depp yeah. that that's it. Now, maybe that changes in the American courts, in which case we'll have to revisit. But in this country, where we live, as long as like WB's investigation said she was fine, the court said she didn't do anything wrong. If a court says otherwise, fine. But in this country, you are innocent until proven guilty. And so we'll go with that. Now, again, once the American case happens, if they find differently, well, then we got to revisit it. But in the meantime, no. Uh, Amber Heard is exactly where she should be. Uh, as a you know, as a result of the court cases, as a result of Warner Brothers' own internal investigation, as a result of all that, uh, Zack Snyder has is standing by Amber Heard. He decided to put her in his his Justice League version, regardless. Um, Jason Momoa stands by her. Um, so again, if a new court case happens and it comes out differently, well, then we have new information and we have to reevaluate. But for now. Uh, everything is exactly as it should be. Well, did you also, I mean, <clears throat> going back to my theory that there's always what we, what the general public hears about someone is always the tip of the iceberg. And if someone is sort of canceled or fired without question, that they're, they're usually just using that as the, uh, as the, as the, oh, well, this is the reason why we're firing him, but we're not going to totally out all of the bad behavior. Have you guys heard about what Brian Cox from Succession said about Johnny Depp in his memoir? Yeah. The reason why he turned down the role in Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have it pulled up if you, I need to read it. What exactly did he say? He said, um, he was talking about how he said, uh, Cox, passed on uh, this brian cox who plays the patriarch in the in the movie in the show in the tv show succession I keep getting my movies and tv shows confused these days another reason cox passed on the role was the franchise's star johnny depp who the actor revealed he isn't exactly fond of he says and i quote another thing with pirates of the caribbean is that it's very much the johnny depp as jack sparrow show um, and Depp, personable though I'm sure he is, is so overblown, so overrated. I'm off. Um, and then he says, um, uh, um, it, shoot, the whole thing. Anyway, but he basically goes on to say that Johnny Depp, um, in when he was playing Edward Scissorhands, he said, you know, what did he really do? He didn't do anything. If you put on all that makeup and you put on those scissor hands, the acting is done for you. He didn't do anything in that movie and he hasn't done anything since. Like Brian Cox goes full scorched earth on Johnny Depp. Wow. And so that reveals to me just and not this is not saying that Brian Cox's word is, you know, is Well, he is doesn't the know him personally. He doesn't know Depp. Personally. Right, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm not saying that Brian Cox's word about Johnny Depp is the word of the industry, but I'm saying clearly there is a reputation here that Johnny Depp's quote cancellation, if that's what we're going to call it, may go beyond this court case and may go beyond the Amber Heard situation. And maybe what happened with Amber Heard is just the um, the opportunity 
that people who have been wanting to be out of the Johnny Depp business are using and that it's not just that. But I, I feel like these situations when someone gets, you know, um, oh, well, they're done. I, I usually find that's just the tip of the iceberg. Right. And well, I massively respect Brian Cox. I've loved him ever since he was in X-Men, too. Uh, and he is probably the number one actor on television right now, like just winning everything for success. Well, he was the first Hannibal Lecter. And he was the, that's right. And he was, he was so Lecter. good. But I will so say good. this. I, I have to disagree with Mr. Cox. I think regardless of what anything else is going on, if you're just talking about Johnny Depp's acting abilities, when he's not playing the comical character, I listen, I think when Johnny Depp's on his game, he is a hell of an actor. I, I mean, just personally me, but. Oh yeah. But well, we'll anyway, let's move on here. Uh, next up. Uh, we've got Sam Fisher writes episode four negotiation scene was the best scene so far. That was a good scene, but not even my favorite scene. I thought the scene where just Fennec and Boba were just sitting down outside talking like I, I honestly yeah. thought that might have been the best thing we've seen in the series so far. But uh, that is just me. All right. Next up, we've got Suthius who writes the one thing that that got people excited uh, didn't seem I know. Just, I did, did you catch that? There's a moment we won't give it away, but there's a moment where you just hear. From the Mandalorian theme, right? And it's like, wait, wait what, what's about to happen? But then nothing happened. And we won't give away the context of it. Did you catch that when those notes started to hit? I mean, everybody got excited for a second and then nothing happened. But uh, well, maybe that's foreshadowing of something to come. All right. Uh, Russell Amador writes, the Batman will be seen in IMAX. Mark my words. I'll be seeing it in an AMC Prime Theater myself personally. But we'll probably see it together. I would imagine. I, I imagine we probably will be. I, I won't mean, be invited it, to it won't, it won't be the premiere, though. It won't be. The, I've never I've never once been invited to a Batman premiere. So I don't anticipate I will be invited to this this premiere. So uh, so we'll probably maybe we'll all go see it together. All right, uh, Raymond Vrana writes uh, with the music in the end. Is Mando going to show up I, again? One can only guess. Listen, so they show. Listen, well, they kind of said last week that in next week's episode when we see the meeting of Boba Fett and Fennec. So obviously they showed us a continuation or expansion of a scene from Mandalorian mm -hmm. where so it's. I'm guessing at some point we will Boba Fett will catch up in his flashbacks to when he meets Mandalorian. Cause I mean, obviously in this thing, he's been hunting to find his armor again. We know he finds his armor in Mandalorian at season two. So I'm going to guess we, is that a safe assumption? Do you think where they're going to bypass that? I mean, I just, I, I can't imagine that the Mandalorian is not going to be in this show. I mean, he Boba Fett was in Mandalorian. Why wouldn't you bring Mandalorian back to be in Boba Fett? Yeah, I, I think there's probably something there to that. All right, Raphael Castillo writes, RIP to, yeah, I read about this, to Yvette uh, Mimu. Uh, us older uh, genre fans know will know her from the Time Machine and Disney's The Black Hole. Mm -hmm. I didn't remember her from The Black Hole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so she passed away just... Uh, was she like, was 80. She passed away at 80. She was, one of those, she was one of those actresses that when I was a little kid, I'm like, ooh, I like girls. <laughs> <laughs> she played Weena. In the time machine, the girl right, from the yep. future that Rod Taylor met. And I was like, I want to go to that future, Rod. I don't remember her from the black hole, though. Yeah, she but was, then again, it's been was, a long time since I've watched She was one of the crew members of the Palomino. Oh, well, there you go. All right, next up. Dr. Hans We've Reiner. got uh, Cutter Hale who writes, Jackass Forever tickets went on sale today. Super excited for this movie. It's in my top five most anticipated movies of the year. I cannot wait for this movie. I, I was saying the other day, I have I never liked any of the, the Jackass stuff like on TV. And then the Jackass 1 came out, wasn't a big fan of it. Jackass 2 came out, wasn't a big fan of it. And I have no idea why. But then Jackass 3 came out, and I loved it. 
Like I, I, it was one of the most fun times I had with movie theater that year. So I've been interesting this. I think the promos for this. Remember they did a yes. I was just at, about to say that at, at Cinema, CinemaCon. What did they do again for that? You, well, they they had the. I guess he was the president of the studio. Of Paramount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He they had a whole video where he was being shot out of a cannon with Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville was like, "Okay, I'm going to shoot you." And then he was in the um the, like the, kind of a Super Dave Osborne type of car. Yes. And then the car was shot out onto the stage, and then he gets out and he takes the helmet off. Guy. Yeah, and he takes the jacket off and. He He's got his suit underneath. It was a nice stunt, you know, in a year that was celebrity free. It was a it was a fun break from the traditional things that we had seen some of the other studios do. But I have to say, I've never been particularly interested in Jackass. It's fine. It's, I'm not the target demographic. I can accept that. Um, so I don't need to like it um, for it to be good. But I really... I, there was something about this trailer and maybe it's the fact that they're all a little bit older now. Right. And so they're, there's just something about these guys that are, you know, my Gen X generation where I go, oh, great, old fucks like me and trying to do <laughs> stupid shit. Um, so I can appreciate it now for some reason. And then they have a whole new group of younger people that they're torturing and, you know, making do the dumb, the really dumb stuff. But I, I, for some reason, that trailer really hit me a different way. And I was like, you know what? I think I actually might be interested in this. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for it myself. I can't wait to see it's it. No moonfall, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, Elizabeth Gerardo writes, I keep telling myself that I will not stay up late for Boba Fett, but then my curiosity gets the best of me. Yeah, I was ready to not stay up to watch it, but and I left it to Ray. Like on yesterday's show, I left it to Ray. I said, Ray, I mean, we're, we're over watching it at midnight now, right? And Ray goes, no, let's give it one more shot. It was like, all right. So we did it. And uh, I, I like the episode. It's just not great yet, but it was still like the episode. Uh, Raymond Broder writes, Fennec being rebuilt as uh, has bionic women vibes. We won't go into that because I don't want to give away you know, too much for people who haven't seen the episode yet. Uh, John Redcorn writes, two fantastic four films, ride along films, Shaft 2019 and Tom and Jerry. Would you call Tim Story a good director? Uh, his only film I like, uh, I like was uh, Think Like a Man. Uh, I did like Think Like a Man. I totally forgot he did that. It's got uh, Damani in it. It's yeah. Got, yeah, I like that movie. Anyway, um... Look, it's not really for me to say who is a good thing and who is not. Oh, my God. Ray Ora just walked into the room. <laughs> now How we're all going to die. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally fine. I just did that first test really wrong. So, but what, what made you? Now, what made you, you, you know it doesn't go up your butt, right? <laughs> it's up your nose. What, what made you decide to take a test in the first place? Were you um, feeling? I, I had a little cold which I'm getting over. And then it was just like, because, you know, self-conscious -con about everyone around me. Well, we appreciate that. That's very yeah. courteous um, of you. Thank you. But the first time I did it, you know how you're supposed to stick it like- Speak to the mic. Uh, you know how you're supposed to stick it like three fourths in your nose or whatever yeah. like up there? Like I did it like so low and it's supposed to be 15 seconds, but I just did it for five seconds because I was in a rush. And then I squeezed the bottle and the drops like were supposed to go into this little hole. <laughs> but I missed it like the first two times. Ray always missing the holes. So the second time, at least that wasn't uh, what she said. The second time, my roommate uh, actually at least you made got sure. A time. Made sure, yeah, I, I did it correctly, and then it actually came out completely negative. Like the first one was just like really messed up. I feel fine too. I told him like I was like I feel fine. Nothing's wrong. Like I don't feel heavy breathing. I don't. 
I don't I feel well, no it was, it was weird because when I got the thing from you saying when I when I realized you said that I'm like well you've been around me and Anne every no. day and we just tested yesterday and we tested negative and you've yeah, been around us every so day so I, I thought wow that's weird I just did it wrong I mean I was like I feel, I'll take a third test later just to be sure. Oh, great. Now that you've got here. But, you're just, no, 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 but you let us know later. I would not have, know later. knowing that you have a baby at home, especially. Well, thank I, you. I, I, I wouldn't come in if I wasn't 100% sure that I'm fine. Like, I don't feel anything. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the fact that Ann and I, you've been around us every day and the fact that we tested negative. And then you just said, but still, I didn't, I didn't even, the thing is, I only got the last message you sent pre-show because we were, we were scrambling around trying to get ready. And I just looked at my watch and said, oh, not so not coming in. I'm like, okay, so he's not feeling well or something. I, I, I didn't realize you had done I that. I was so upset this morning because I was ready to go. I was ready to do but these questions. But let's be clear. You took a second test and it came out negative. Negative. Okay. And you did it correctly. You did it correctly. I did it correctly. I, to the point where it hurt and you had to do it for 15 seconds. I was pressing against my nose. I was like almost in tears. And I did it the other way and... Well, since you're prepared, the movie that will win Best Picture this year is... <laughs> That's the only one I had a problem with. because like, No, we know what you're going to say. I haven't seen enough movies to... I know, yeah, Paul, you, you know what it's going to be. But out of it's all of them... Moonfall. No, it has to be No Way Home. No, I guess, I guess... No if, Way in Hell. If it that has to be what picture. I've seen so far, the best movie that I've seen, if I can answer it that way, is No Way Home. Is that the best movie or your favorite movie? No, oh, no, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> okay, Andrew Garfield returning to play Spider-Man again in The Amazing Spider-Man 3 would be... A mistake. <laughs> ah. The chances I, think of a, would, I think it would be a mistake, right? What did you guys answer? That's what I was curious. I, I said unlikely. I said unlikely. A surprise to no one. Okay. And then, but the big one that everybody wants to know what you would say was the Moonfall. Uh, well, well, hold on. The chances of a Matrix Five are slim. Okay, and Moonfall will go down in Hollywood history as sleeper hit. Sleeper hit. All right, there we go. Okay, Ray has got. All right, we got to get back over to the yep. live. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No problem. We're, we're glad right you're here. here. We're glad you're here. Oh, so right. what an entrance! I'm so excited for this what show a... too, because Rob is back. Come on, man. I was like, the gang's all here. trying to get at me like I wish women would. <laughs> <laughs> Toby's trying to get at me like I wish women would. Wow. Uh, that's it. We should just end the show on that I note. I mean, I don't think it's going to get any better. That's that's the show right All there. All right. Wow. Let's, let's oh, keep rolling life. here. We got a lot of questions. To and get I'm at my hour and 30, so I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. So there, Aaron's running to the bathroom as we keep on rolling here. Uh, we've got, um, and, and I'll uh, to answer the question. I, no, I, well, I it's question? not to me to say who's a good actor, who's a good no. director, and who's not. I will say, if I had to be pressed on, I'd say, I'd say, no, I'm not a fan of Tim Story's directing at, at this point. But again, I liked Think Like a Man. I don't think he's ever really been given a shot to make something great. He seems like a, he's a studio journeyman director. They give him things. I'd love to see something, or maybe he did work. I don't know if he wrote Think Like a Man, but maybe if he, I'd love to see a passion project of his. Right. All right. Let's keep going here. Uh, next up, Suthius writes. Uh, Mr. Burnett, you might appreciate this. Showed my three-year-old a clip of Sanda versus uh, Gyra and is now fully invested in War of the Gargantuas, uh, one of my favorite kaiju films. Are you familiar with what War of the Gargantuas? You, if you've got a kid, that's the, that's the movie to start him with. It's awesome. Uh, War of the Gargantuas, yes. Uh, and, and then he's going to, of course, want them both. So you're going to have to buy them. And they're expensive. All right, next up. Uh, we've got uh, Jack Master Nord who writes, saw The King's Man last night and, and it was a dud. You know, I, 
I I heard from a lot of people that it was terrible, but then I heard from some people that actually thought it was pretty good. So I don't know, but we are, yeah, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on that one, Jackmaster. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Sam Sproul writes, hey guys, finally now I'm into Book of Boba Fett. Personally feel episodes one, two, and three could have been one or two episodes cutting some unnecessary things. Well, going back to that, I mean, I think a lot of us have been feeling like all the, like I... The amount of flashback they did to Tusken Raider stuff, I thought was way more than necessary. Yeah. Like way more. I was not interested in it at all. To the point that every time a shot would open and you'd see Boba Fett in the back to tank, I'm like, ah, here comes the flashbacks. And granted, that moment when he finds the 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 village killed, that was moving, but not enough for what they were doing there. All right. Uh next up. We've got a stiff Meister writes peacemaker coming after Boba Fett is a blessing. It, it kind of is knowing that I get to watch in 11 hour. No. Yeah. 11. No. Tw- yes. 11 hours and 27 minutes and 11 hours and 27 minutes. When is that? Thursdays? It's Thursday night. Wednesday night at midnight. Wednesday night. Wednesday night at midnight for us. 3 a.m. Thursdays for a lot of other episodes, people. right? Eight episodes of Peacemaker. Peacemaker is going to be eight episodes. Oh, okay. This is the fourth episode tonight. Oh, good. Very, very excited for that. Um, as a matter of fact, I might do an open spoiler discussion of Peacemaker tomorrow. If tonight's episode is as good as episodes one, two, and three, I think we're going to do an open spoiler discussion of Peacemaker. But you have to episode. do it in tidy whities yes. yes, I will. <laughs> totally. Everyone will come. <laughs> we're all just in tidy whities mm. Talking about Peacemaker. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mertaranta. Mertaranta? Right, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, did you notice all the sci-fi Easter eggs in the Expanse finale? The strike teams had W. Riker, Ripley, Hicks, Vasquez, Hudson, Deckard, S. Connor. I didn't notice that. Oh, it did. It how also did had... I not? Especially with W. Riker. How did you you notice it? Oh, it also had people like the Last Starfighter. It had there was really some deep cuts in there. I pretty great. I didn't love the finale. Mm. I mean, I love the show. Love the show. Um, I felt like, but after, when you told me that the next episode is the final episode, I'm like, re- like when Drummer and the UN president shake hands. That was I, like, real. I love that. I felt that was like the start of the final three episodes. You know what I mean? It kind of just, that final episode just kind of whiz banged by. Yeah. You know and then of course, you know, the setup, you're waiting for the whole Laconia thing to drop. They don't. They set it up where they are they going to go anywhere with it because there's three more books yeah, and they never really did so it's just like they spent all season just kind of setting up what could be another series and i thought that was a mistake I, I didn't like that yeah all right anyway great show though i love the expanse it was fantastic uh let's see jack master nord right i loved episode four of the book of boba fett except boba with no spurs yeah that was a little bit of a a break in continuity there uh, and again I, I didn't love the episode but i thought it was a decent one I, I thought it was a decent episode scotty h writes hey john and crew i was hoping i can hear what are aaron's thoughts on arcane season two bring it on i'm gonna go on a limb and i'm gonna guess that aaron hasn't even hasn't seen arcane season one yet so i don't know what arcane anything is uh, i, I, and I wouldn't be surprised i have no idea what we're talking about it it was this thing that doesn't look like much and it ended up being my number one all-time favorite animated series ever really it's an more than harley more than uh, more than harley quinn wow Uh, Uh, more than the original transformers where do i watch this it's on netflix okay and started watching it like it's based on a video game Um, wow two things that i'm like totally yeah it's it's based on overwatch right is it overwatch or league of legends um league of legends it is league of legends so it's based on league of legends 
but it has nothing to do with the game. Okay. Um, and it just, it starts this thing and I was hooked within five minutes. It's Game of Thrones meets, I, I, I don't know what else to compare it to, but it is brilliant my number one favorite animated show ever well you know what you told me I about think you and tom would love it you told me about the adventures of harley quinn and i loved it loved it so much as an animated series um as a series in general and so i will watch arcane and i will let you guys know thanks so much for asking all right let's keep moving on here uh next up uh we've got mike a who writes uh r.i.p gaspard Yulil, again, if I'm mispronouncing his name, I apologize. He was only 37 years old. He's starting. He's starring in Moon Knight as the Midnight Man. Again, we talked about that off the top a little bit earlier. And I mean, whenever, again, whenever anybody passes, it's a tragedy. But a guy that young with, it looks like the biggest thing of his yeah. career about uh, such right a tragedy. Right on the precipice. Yeah. I, I mean, so our, our thoughts and, and, and well wishes to anybody who knew him uh, and his family. All right, uh, let's see. Next up here, we've got Del One said, says, so far, Boba Fett to me has been kind of lame, but the intro to that theme song goes hand goes hard as hell. It hooks me in as soon as, as it starts. That theme song has no business going that hard for no reason. And you know what? Here's the funny thing, Del One. Compared to the Mandalorian theme, like I just I just feel the blood rush when I hear it, right? I don't think the Book of Boba Fett theme's all that great, but somebody in this room who does. I love it. <laughs> I look, I love that that end theme over the end credits. I love that theme. Yeah, you, you do too, I right? Do. There's something I do. so like it's almost like it's just like a slow, it's different like, than the man, but yeah. it's, it's you know I can't describe it, but I love that theme. Like yeah, I but, loves that but music. I I don't have it in my head yet because I wanted to do the hymn right now, and it still doesn't pop up in my head yet. Just so. sing Ave Maria. Maybe it's I don't know why we don't do a musical number around here. You know, somebody was su suggesting uh, the four of us should do should reenact the opening dance number to uh, Peacemaker one of these times. <laughs> but maybe we should also do like a a, a hymn of some sort. We should do uh, the, the musical episode. Yeah, the musical episode <laughs> the musical of the John Campion show. Where do we go <laughs> from here? Next up, we got Sam Fisher who writes. Uh, Gaspard, again, was playing Midnight Man, a character I don't know. Rob, can you explain? And Rob already did go into that a little bit. And uh, again, the great image that I'm glad you brought up that uh, the cover, that one image. Uh, Purple Haze writes, John, uh, what do Wanda and Daredevil have in common? It sounds like a setup for a joke. It's a, yeah, it sounds up for like, it will, um, but he didn't write in the follow-up right away. Uh, Raymond Vrata writes, uh, Tamora has made I Am Boba Fett the scariest line. No, seriously, which... Whenever I hear him say, I am Boba Fett, it's like, you know, you're supposed to tremble at that. Like when he says that to Fennec, it's like, ooh. But then there's a scene in the movie where he says it to a little teddy bear robot. I'm like, I God, hated that. That that was mm. lame. That was that was really, really lame. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next. Oh, oh, there's the follow up for Purple Haze. Mm. What do what do WandaVision and uh, Daredevil have in common? No vision. Uh, oh, all right all right purple haze too soon all right yeah. I, I, I will, pretty good. That, that one's not yeah, bad i 
I'm gonna give Purple Haze the drum shot for that. There, there's a little intelligence in there. Yeah, no, no vision. I like that. Okay. Uh, Tim Platt writes, well, it took four episodes, but I'm finally starting to get intrigued by Book of Boba Fett. Uh, loved the tease at the end. I, look, again, yeah, the tease at the end was pretty good. The, the episode did not start well. I think we both, we agree, but it, it kind of got there. Ray, we didn't ask you yet. Generally, what was your feeling about uh, that episode of Book of Boba Fett? Oh, man. BK? BK did a good uh, little scene there. Oh, or, Black uh, oh, are, we, are we in spoilers or no, right? Gene's uh, being generalities. I, I like BK's specific. scene in right. there. It, it gives us a taste of what's to come. I like the scene too. And um, I, I said it would be the last one, but now it's got to be the next one. I think maybe we got to give it another one. one. They're going to keep pulling us until the last episode, I, which I is think, what but they want. You're right. I think it did it. I think, th I think this episode was good enough to earn one more. I think it was good enough to earn one more. So we'll have to probably do it again. And hopefully it just keeps ramping up. All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Um, we are at Michael Johnson, who writes, Hey, John and crew, fun fact. That Leo Star Wars story actually came from a satirical Twitter page. It's hilarious nonetheless. Yeah, I heard some people saying it wasn't actually real. And I'm like, to hell with it. I'm going to believe it's real. Yeah, let's make it real. <laughs> I'm going to believe it's real because that's the greatest Leo DiCaprio. I never loved Leo DiCaprio more than I did in that. Uh, Mickey Bell writes, what a time to be a Star Trek fan if you enjoy the new stuff. Uh, I have never imagined five new shows airing at the same in the same year. Excited excited for more Picard. I am, I mean, look, I, I, I tried to get into that Lower Decks thing. I just could not get into it. The, the other animated thing sounds like it has promised. I'm very excited for the one with the Enterprise crew because I really loved... Their stuff. I mean, that was that was the dude who played Black Bolt. And yes, he it was. Um, he also does a voice in Dota Dragon's Blood. He does. Yep, he plays Caden. Tell us something. What, what what is this Dota's Dragon's Blood you speak of? <laughs> well, Dota's Dragon Dota Dragon's Blood is based on Dota Two, the video game by Valve, and it is a fantasy series, not unlike Arcane, but it's two D animation. And I was the animatic editor on. I was going to say, if I watch the credits to this, would there be any names oh, I wow. recognize? On the there credits? would be, and the se season two dropped on Netflix yesterday. There you go. Congratulations, right. Rob. That's uh, awesome. That is I know. awesome. Yeah. What um, can I say? Okay, uh, let's see. Where are we at here? We are at Sam Fisher who writes, one of two, I understand that you have that. Uh, let me try this again. I understand you have it have. You have it have Lord of the Rings in the title. So you have people, to have Lord of the Rings. Oh, you have to have, have it have, have to have uh, Lord of the Rings in the title so people know it's connected. But Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, isn't a great title. Uh, it's not part of the Lord of the Rings story. Should have named it something like Middle Earth, the Second Age, or uh, Name Makes More Sense, or Lord of the Rings, Rise of Sauron. Uh, I completely disagree. I, I do disagree. too. I like that name. I, I, think the the, I think because the that's great. exactly what it's about. The Rings of yes. Power and the different factions that are given those rings. And then Sauron, who wasn't Sauron at the time, the rise to power to to get control of all that. That's what the whole show's about. And it's always tricky to try to say what a title should be when we haven't seen it. Right. Right. I mean, for all we know, this like, for instance, what was something I was just I just watched that I like. But at the end of the day, the title made no sense. I yeah, I can't remember what it was the, now at any rate. The problem is, if you were to call it the rise of Sauron, Sauron isn't Sauron in the second age. Right. He's different. I won't say what that is, but. And he has to then be the focal point of the show, which he may not be. Right. And I think, though, that these, you know, it has to be called Lord of the Rings, but 
if you were to call it about a character, what does that have to do? This, ex- this is exactly what the show's about. The rings of power that are given. And that's why that tr- that teaser is so good because it reminds you like, oh yeah, and there are people- all these other rings that are given to these different factions. So we'll know about the dwarf lords. We'll know about the realms of man. We'll know about the elven kings or whatever. And for sky. people who are familiar with the character of Sauron, that's great. But for people who are not, they'll be like, the what of what? The what of the what? Who the who's of what's it? Oh, the power of the rings. Okay, that makes sense to me. It's pal. They have to make it palatable for a wider audience, not just the people who are already invested and are already going to watch it. Yeah, I guess. I, I like the title a lot. I think it's I pretty do good. Too. I do too. Um, Amy Berg writes, uh, Gaspard uh, Yulil was a really good actor. So sad. Yeah, again, I, I feel I wasn't familiar with a lot of his work, but clearly here already had a lot of accolades uh john redcorn writes to hell with boba fett peacemaker game day baby i I mean i'm with you i mean if you had told me a year ago that there would be a boba fett series running and a john cena led peacemaker series running on hbo and that i was infinitely gonna be way more into the peacemaker series i would have called you crazy but crazy it is you know what's also crazy Speaking of crazy, so I'm on my way home yesterday from the show. I was on my way home and I was passing, I was going around you know, Forest Lawn and up towards the 101 um, from Warner Brothers. And I saw a billboard for the reality show Wipeout. <laughs> which John, John Cena, Cena is John the host Cena. of. And I'm sitting there at the light and I'm like looking at it going, okay, and how the girl does from that community, work? In who, like, what kind of, like, that was soul selling deal did John Cena make where he gets to star as Peacemaker. You you don't get to star on your own HBO show as the title character and be the Mario Lopez <laughs> of like no no offense to Mario Lopez, but basically hosting a show where people from middle America go and like do water slides and fall in a lake. Like you don't like that's how do you get to do both things? Because you're John fucking Cena. That's that's right. Cause fucking you're John Cena. fucking Cena. You can do whatever you want. Once you've sung into a massager on national television, <laughs> you can you, do, you, you know what I think? This is just the tip of the iceberg of C- Cena. We're going to see him blow up. That's why he's probably doing wipeout and stuff just, you know, to get his, because he still hasn't really blown up, but after this peacemaker really? thing, you think? I, 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 agree. I don't really think he's blown up yet. Like either, I meant really. rock status where everyone just wants to put him in an action movie. But yeah, I think yeah. he was in Fast Nine. He was in. Yeah, Suicide but he wasn't Squad. very good in. No, Fast he wasn't Nine. very good in Fast Nine. When they start but writing like things just for him, I think we're almost there. After this peacemaker thing, they'll know exactly what they get from him. And he's going to give it to us. And well, all these my favorite thing of his still is train wreck. It's the best. Like oh, the yeah, outtakes was... of train wreck. Oh, yeah. And especially when he's speaking Mandarin. I mean, the guy's fluent in Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just. Yeah. If you all have right. not seen the outtakes of train wreck with John Cena, do yourself a favor. He was great in that movie. All right. Next up, we got Ryan Lohner who writes, uh, one of the eeriest times of my life was when Natasha Richardson died. I literally one week after my whole family and I were skiing on that very same hill. R.I.P. Uh, gas uh, uh, Gaspard. What did Natasha Richardson die in a yeah in a yeah, ski? ski Her and Sunny Bono. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And it's been like th- fourteen years, I think thirteen mm-hmm. years. Yeah, she was. I didn't same, realize that, she was skiing and and had what at the time seemed like a minor fall, but it was just one of the a, a, a freak thing that fell the wrong way and yeah. 
Tragedy. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's move on here. Next up, we've got uh, Jose Andres Estrada Vaca writes, uh, Hey, John, do you think we'll ever see a new uh, Shrek film, not a spinoff, uh, a direct sequel? You know what? In an age of the revival, I mean, <laughs> Frasier's come back. What? They, they did. Yeah, the Frasier's come back. They're doing a revival of Frasier. Yeah. Um, in in a world where we had uh, Will and Grace came back. I mean, and just like that, you never know what's going to show up. Oh, there yeah. you go. And just there like you that. go. You uh, just did that. Uh, Sex and you the City. That. Just did a revival. Uh, we've been hearing about other things, too. I just read something else yesterday about a big revival that's coming. I completely forgot what it was. But, oh, uh, King of the Hill is getting revived. They're bringing back King of the Hill, which Beavis I never really butthead. watched. Beavis no. and Butthead. Yep. He's about heads getting revived. So, I mean, honestly, <laughs> when you're talking about something that ended its run still making big money, mm -hmm. I would not be surprised at all if they did another Shrek. Because, I mean, the, the one yeah. hard part they would have is getting, um, uh, why am I freezing on her name? Cameron uh, Diaz? Cameron Diaz, thank you. The one problem they would have would be getting Cameron Diaz back because she seems that? she's pretty adamant that she's done, like she's retired. So I mean, she's at least everything that I've read, she seems pretty adamant about that. But okay. she could just sit at home. Well, yeah, but, okay. Over I, I, I will say this though. Um, first of all, when it comes to Shrek, uh, because it is animated, she can do all the work from home. They literally could send an entire voiceover studio yep. to her house yep. and she could in her pajamas do all of her work from home facetiming or skyping with the director um she would never have to leave her house and she's also a mom of twins now so she may be looking at it going you know what in the same way that we were talking yesterday that sometimes actors start making decisions based on what would my kids want to see me in yeah she probably doesn't want to go on location for four months right you know she's in very much enjoying her millions upon millions of dollars being a wife being a mother living her best life and not having to worry about being in the public eye but i can absolutely see her working from home and doing a voiceover and making yeah. 20 million dollars yeah for she gets it. handed a, a big fat check yeah, 20 million dollars to do a voiceover that she from splits your... into 10 million dollar well trust i will, fund I will for tell you kids. right now nobody's getting 20 million dollars for voiceover work today i mean that like the 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 economics of scale have come down like you're getting very very few actors okay fine point, but back end points though yeah look, yeah one million dollars for three days of work you just record these lines at home three days of work I'll back up a truck, two million bucks. Here you go. I'll give you three million in Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah. I'd do it. Oh, for sure. I mean, and you know what? It. Also, because I know that people are probably like maybe grumbling, like, oh my gosh, they're reviving all these shows. Where's the original ideas? I will say this. Yes, we're having a lot of revivals, but a big part of the reason, big reason for that is because there's so many platforms. So while there are a lot of revivals, there are equally a number of new shows somebody somewhere a new show by bridget everett just got released on hbo watch it please it's on sunday nights she's a phenomenally <laughs> talented woman i actually auditioned for that show and i didn't get it and i watched the girl who did and i go they made the right choice all right let's go wow, next, good. next up i like hearing that you think that it's good uh let's see uh, andy writes uh nev campbell still looks uh beautiful in scream five yeah because she's in her 50s now she does I, and she looked she looked great is she that old 
I, I believe so. Also, let's let's do it up. Hey, Google. I'm gonna die soon. How old is Nev Campbell? <laughs> okay, sorry, she's 48. It says she's 48, but she looks great. I mean, I, I it's was, it was funny because I recognize she popped up in that Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie. Uh, skyscraper skyscraper she popped oh, she up did. in that it's like oh i hadn't seen her in a while so it was good to see her in that all right next up we see andy uh writes uh you don't skip the peacemaker intro i constantly replay the peacemaker intro we are not the same uh giancarlo esposito i listen i'll tell you what i i'm, I'm not kidding i probably i i put it up on my twitter the opening credits to to peacemaker I probably went back to my own Twitter page at least six or seven times yesterday just to play that. I like, I I, I am so into that. I love that intro so much. It is. Uh, you, I, I've never felt that way about an intro. Did you watch Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac comment on the I, on I the Moon Knight trailer? On the what? No, no, no. I heard there was like a video of a There's live a, reaction. They, of yeah, them. they video. They Marvel released a video of the live reaction of that. How was it? It's great. Okay, I gotta it's watch. It. I gotta watch this it. morning. Too. It's great. I gotta watch that. Okay, next up uh let's see uh where did we go uh there it is okay so uh simon blakemore writes hey john and co are you gonna do a ticket watch for the batman you know what i wasn't thinking we would you know i still don't know that we should uh, honestly because it's not look batman I, it is my most anticipated film of the year i do not believe it is going to have the massive ticket rush that spider-man did Spider-Man is a part of the MCU. It's the third film in the trilogy. It's like, it was this fifth appearance of that. There was the promise of these other Batman coming back. I just don't think it's going to have the same thing. I think there's too many Twilight Boy. I'm not Twilight. Twilight. Boy. I think I should do a review watch. That would make more sense. Since, oh, like a reaction. Uh, yeah, 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 I reaction agree with watch. that. Yeah. Just because like, I'm interested in hearing what people think so we did for those you don't know we did a reaction watch for because we knew exactly when the reaction embargo was lifting and so we did a live stream five starting five or ten minutes before the reaction embargo left as soon as we started covering the reactions coming out that i think we can do for the batman i don't think we can do it for for the ticket watch though on that all right uh andy writes i like how peacemaker adds to and continues hbo's reputation of consistency and high quality content people still giggle at me when i say this but look as, as great as Netflix's original series are, not so good with their movies, but with their series, the gold standard bearer is still HBO. I mean, that's that's just it. It's HBO. I, if you take the top 30 shows that they've put out, from 1 to 30, it's like all of them could be in the top three. Yeah. All of them could be in the top three. Netflix has got some wonderful original series. Except Arliss. <laughs> oh man no one's mentioned arliss in Out. forever sorry um but but it, you can't say the same about that right like you got the crown um well they, they got a lot but you got arcane <laughs> yeah but you got house of cards you got like all that kind of stuff but once you get past the stranger top, things stranger things but once mm-hmm. you get past the top 10 or 15 queen's gambit they're no longer in the discussion for maybe in the top three Whereas you go to the top 30 of HBO, all of them are in the discussion for the top Yeah, three. I mean, you, you know think I mean? about things like The Wire, The Sopranos, I mean. Yeah, some of the greatest they of were all time. Even, even Sex and the City was a groundbreaking show. I'll go all the way back to Dream On. And what's what's the Howard's one about. Head. What's the one right now with the hitman who's taking acting lessons? Oh, Barry. Barry. Ba- Barry is brilliant. White Lotus. White. Everybody freaks out about, I mean. Sesame just, Street. Se- Sesame Street. Is that HBO now? Was it? Didn't they? 
Didn't that? Did I that don't know. Sesame feel? Street is PBS. Yeah, but they did release a. Was it Sesame Street? I, I think you're right. Fraggle Rock. No, no, no. no, 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 no I think you're right about I think you're right about that. But and then of course right now, like, I think the best thing on television right now is Yellowstone. But most people in the world think the best thing on television right now is Succession. Oh, Succession. Which like Anne is completely obsessed with that show right now. It's great. Anyway, so yeah, she's she's mayor of Easttown. Oh. Mayor of Easttown. One of the best things I've seen. I which, love that. Which won a bunch of awards. By the way, as a Paramount <laughs> Network, uh, Mayor of Kingstown I'm is dying to really, see that. I've heard that's really, really good. good. Why did they name it that? It's so confusing. I'm not trying to be a ding dong, but come on. Mayor of Easttown, Mayor of Easttown. But I mean, but it's... Uh, I, look, I, in his defense, I think... Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy who's developed the show. Um, Tyler Sheridan. Tyler Sheridan. I think Tyler Sheridan had that in development like many years ago like even wait before. tyler sheridan's doing that as oh, well yeah. yeah yeah he he's he's a real busy boy right now yeah Here's so what I, I just heard that when he was on sons of anarchy and he was like number 17 or whatever on he the was call sheriff's team, deputy on that yeah and he went to renegotiate his deal and wanted more money as you do when you renegotiate your deal that's what renegotiation is re renegotiation is all about but they said sorry like this is what we think that you're worth and um <laughs> and we don't you're never going to get more than that. And you are a number 17 on the call sheet kind of person. And he was like, okay. And then just said, well, fuck you. I'm going to go write my own shit. Went and wrote his own, wrote Yellowstone. And then now he's doing like 1819 oh, or whatever that show is. Hell or 1883. Yeah. 1883. He Thank did the, the show the, with, um, with uh, Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch. What's it called? Wind River. Oh, Wind River was like the most underrated movie of that year. Talk I'm, about being told that you're one thing and then just deciding, yeah, I'm going to well, go ahead and write an my own script. Yeah, one was as an actor. Maybe, the, you know, look, I, I, I'll say it. I'm, <clears> I'm like, Sons of Anarchy is like my number two, number three favorite show of all time. He wasn't all that memorable in the show. Like, he's clearly found his real path as a as a show creator and all that kind of stuff. Like, he's killing it right now. Anyway. Making lots of money. We still got a lot of ways to go here. So let's keep going here. Um... Where did it go? We are at Andy, who writes, crazy how we're getting the Batman near the start of March and nearly ending the month with Moon Knight. Uh, it's a month for dark, mature superheroes. We'll find out how dark and mature it is before when we go into it. I mean, we'll, we'll find out soon, but it is. It's a good time right now. It's a good time. Uh, Harv's K writes, could Chapek be right? Encanto blowing up from streaming in a way it didn't do in the theaters. Bruno is number four and soundtrack was number one that week, but that had nothing to do. The song, we don't talk about Bruno. That has nothing to do with it. So no, in, under no circumstances in any way, shape or form was Bob Chapek right. Like not even remotely. <laughs> Uh, all right, next up, uh, Milo Murphy writes, over under 12%, the Doctor Strange 2 has a post-credit scene hinting at the Young Avengers, maybe with the introduction of Iron Lad. I'll go under 12%, because I don't even think they're going to do Young Avengers. And I'll be honest with you, I think doing Young, Young Avengers is cool in the comic books, like more than cool in the comic books. I think it would be utterly fucking ridiculous in live action. I really do. I, and I don't think they're going to do it, but uh, Rob, you do believe they're going to do I Young think Avengers. they're going to do it as a series. Not they're as a movie. They're going to do it as a series? Not as a movie. Be, yeah, I think they're going to do it as a series because as a movie, they're going to still make Avengers films and a Young Avengers series. I don't th or a Young Avengers movie doesn't make sense to me, but it makes sense as a series. What do you think about the over under 12 percent that they do a post credit scene hinting at it? I think under. Yeah, because I think if anything, they're going to allude to the uh, if they're really going to do Avengers. They got America Chavez in there. Yeah. It? And if they do America, if they do America, if they do Avengers Secret Wars, which is what I think 
would be the next Avengers movie. It would be something more along those lines. All right, let's keep going here. Next up, uh, Jose Andres Estrada Vaca writes, Hey, John, who do you prefer, Pixar or DreamWorks? That's <laughs> it's obviously Pixar. Uh, but I think Pixar, I still think there's a discussion to be had that they're not just the best animation studio. They might be the best studio, period, and stop, live action or otherwise. Like, I, I just think they're that who, good. Who actually did Megamind? Do you remember that movie? What that was? was DreamWorks, I believe. That's actually one of my favorite animated movies. For With Will Ferrell? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I don't know why. I remember I, I got to get together. The first time I had a chance to get together with Will Ferrell was at Comic-Con. And I got a, a private one-on-one -on -one with him to talk about Megamind. And it was like, oh, I didn't love the movie myself. Personally, oh, you didn't? But I, I know some people that really like it Tina a lot. Tina Fey was in it. Did she do one of the voices she too? She was like the girl, the main. Uh, I didn't realize that was Tina Fey. They gave her the biggest hips too. Like, <laughs> no, no, that's all I remember from it. I was like, wow, you know, no, I no woman ever hip. wants to hear that, right? That's all I remember. Even in the animation, they give her it the was biggest hips. <laughs> all right, let's keep going here. Uh, John Record writes early box office predictions for Uncharted. In my opinion, fifty-five million. <laughs> Got to get closer. Got to get closer. Fifty-five. Listen, I'm very excited about Uncharted, but fifty-five might be high. They might be high. I mean, I hope it does super well. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit under 55. Any of you guys want to take a crack at it? I'll go higher. You're going to go I higher? I think it's going to go higher only so. because that's such a beloved video game franchise and Tom Holland coming off of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's working in its favor. I, yeah. I hope it's over 55. It would be great. I'm going to go does. over. All right. Uh, let's see. BMG writes, what would Boba do without Fennec? That's not the Boba I grew up with. But then again, here's the thing. None of us know the Boba we grew up with. That's the point. We None he, of us know him. I do like he, he kind of addresses that in this new episode. He kind of explains where he's at. I like that. All right. Uh, let's go on. The next one up, we've got uh, Adam Muhammad writes, uh, Midnight Express 1978. What a masterpiece. Have you seen it? Big man. I can't. Alan Parker directed that. Oh, it's that's not a, what I was thinking of. I was thinking of something totally score. different. It's a, based on a true story about... A, a kid that was put in a Turkish prison for selling drugs. It's a great film. I, I feel like there have been eight other movies based on that kind of premise since then. <laughs> Giorgio Moroder did an incredible score for it, too. All right, good one. The nice deep cut there, Adam Muhammad. Well brought up. All right, next up, Adrian Bonds writes, Hey, crew, I'm not familiar with Moon Knight, but I'm stoked about the show. Found out uh, Bill uh, Sienkiewicz yep. uh, did the art for Kid Cudi's first album, Man on the Moon. I, is that true? That could very well be true. That's a neat crossing of the streams. Who's Bill Sienkiewicz? Bill Sienkiewicz is one of my favorite comic book artists ever, oh. and he came to prominence drawing Moon Knight. Ah. All right. Next up, we got Milo Murray who writes, After Eternals, every MCU movie is a sequel until Fantastic Four, late 2023, maybe 2024. I'm not sure another studio has made seven sequels in a row before. Well, yeah, but here, here's the thing. That sounds like a big thing. Uh, not many franchises have 20 plus movies already lined up, like already in their bag. 27. 27. It's already 27. Are already in their bag. So it's when you understand that, then understanding that, oh, the next four or five movies they have lined up to go are sequels. Well, that's not that big of a stretch. And they're introducing new characters now, it seems, in Disney Plus, when with obviously Ms. Marvel, with Moon Knight, with She Hulk. Um, I think there's another one coming that I can't remember off the top of my head. At any rate, so yeah, that is that is kind of weird, but but no other thing has had that big of a catalog of movies already out, so it's not going to be the last time we see that, Murray. Uh, well brought up, though, Milo. Next up, Jack Wallace writes, 
So good to have you and your perspective back, Aaron. You too, Rob. Uh, Aiden says hi to Rob as well. Well, that's very nice. Thank you. Uh, Aiden is a budding action figure photographer. Oh. oh. Ray, you were showing me some kind of docu-series on TV about a guy who was like an, that he literally did that for a career, was an action figure photographer. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. that? No, no, no. We were doing, um, on Disney Plus, they did a thing that's on what Marvel Legends, but then a little part of it, they went over this guy that just does action figure photography. He does all these little effects. It looks, it looks really cool. A Aiden is, young Aiden is doing some of that stuff. It's really impressive. I, I want to know I what have, the income on that. I is. have I have photographs of his. I have prints he sent me. Hmm. I, and, and by the way, it is so. I mean, it's it's great with all of our different perspectives. But having Aaron on the show, uh, being somebody in the industry as a, a performer in front of the camera, who's actually currently working in the industry, not only with. Um, king richard but also we got we, she's got a rookie coming which is great i mean it's always great to have her here and she's just one of the most fun people to be around so Aww, thank you. Well, you megan wallace actually <laughs> sent baby degnan a baby gift so uh thank you so much i uh, and so yeah Jack do you know i still get people writing to me about the videos we did in vegas oh those were so fun like people love the videos we did in vegas that, well that they was better a lot get ready because come april we're doing it again we are we're gonna we're gonna take i'm i i Family don't told this thing we're gonna take the whole crew to Vegas. I love, yeah, the, baby. I love the Chung Chi uh Chung Chi reaction from Aaron. That got me so hyped up for the <laughs> that was for great. The thing I was like, this has gotta be good. Cause and you by can the see way, it on your that face. Was, that was edited because I was going so overboard about it that John had to cut it down because he was like, This is a bit much. Wow. <laughs> it, hey, it are you a cop in another uh, rookie? Can you say that? I you can't not, say I'm not a cop, um, but when I uh, um, I, I'll, I'll say this. We, we can talk about my role once it airs on February 27th, but it is in line with my casting. If you're familiar with the roles that I am commonly that I play a lot. Prophecy makes... number one. <laughs> oh my God. No, say but you're I'll on the right. That was her first role. Her you're first on role the right. Hey, you're not, you're not wrong. By you're... the way, that was on a Star Trek show. Let's be clear. Yes. yes it was... Prostitute number one on a Star Trek show. And then I played a prostitute, um, excuse me, a sex worker on Masters of Sex. And then I played another sex worker on some other show. I can't remember. Yeah. So typecast much. Whatever. Hey, I'm getting paid and I actually get to keep my clothes on. I just oh. want to see you wield a nightstick. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, okay. Being a cop. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. But I didn't know how to word you'll it. You'll have to go. So you'll bad. have to go like dark web for those videos. Oh. All worked. right. Let's move on. Somebody's here. already just going. doing that um, right now. Z Sean is writing, where do I start with Moon Knight comics? Well, uh, this is going to seem strange. I would start at the beginning. They just released, not just about six months ago, a hardcover Moon Knight omnibus. That's great. But that Moon Knight omnibus is the beginning of Moon Knight. It's got Werewolf by Night issues. It's got, I think it's got the Hulk backups. And it has the original first volume of Moon Knight, which is 38 issues, written by Doug Metch, drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz up to issue 30. And then uh, Kevin Nolan took over to draw the rest. All right, let's move on. Good question, man. Addison writes, uh, the trailer for Moon Knight has made me want to read and learn about the character. Is there a favorite run of yours or Rob uh, that would you would recommend before the show drops on Disney Plus? So Rob, you did a great 
breakdown the other day, a, a kind of a crash course on Moon Knight. If somebody like isn't just looking to get really get into the comics themselves, but is what's the story I should read to prep myself well, to watch the show? What do you think it is? See, it's really difficult because Moon Knight has had many different iterations over the years. It looks like this series is leaning into the dissociative identity disorder version of Moon Knight that has been the predominant Moon Knight over the last 20 years. Mm. I would go back to the Moon Knight that was introduced in 1975 and then the first series, the first volume of his own comic started in 1980. But that's not the version of the character that everyone knows. So I would go back and you know focus on the last 20 years of Moon Knight, but that omnibus is awesome buy that omnibus is great I'm sorry rob but i have to watch the first episode you have to be around you gotta watch the oh first I'll, episode I'll do together, that or something at least we'll stay up until midnight oh and watch well, it yeah i didn't think about that okay come on dude but maybe we should you can watch it via skype I, mean, I, would, or, or... I would love to have rob right, yes Speak i would love to, to have rob in the room just because i'm already confused by the trailers I, this might bother you while we're watching. No, but see, if I you talk little... during the episode, yeah, I know. I'd have to lay you out. I know. <laughs> we'll watch. Dude. We'll watch it, and then I'll ask my questions after. All right, yeah. we got to keep rolling here. Next up, Luis uh, Enrique de la Pena writes, "Welcome back, Era Bromings." Uh, I don't yeah. get it. No, no, the, no don't. We'll don't. Fill, fill you in. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. Congrats on your baby. I don't know if you remember, I tweeted you a photo where it looked like you were surprised and it had Robert's name at the bottom. Yes, because there were, well, it was a, it's a common thing, you know, sometimes, you know, John has a lot going on. It's very difficult. It's a challenge to do all the things that John does. He's oh. editing as we speak. And so there are many times when I would be on the show and Robert had been on the show the day before. And so I it would say Robert Meyer Burnett as you know, as my yeah, name. Sometimes that we and by the way, every up. time that happened, it was a great honor for me. It was an honor for me as well. <laughs> the honor was mine. The honor was mine. All right, next up, we got Raymond Verado who writes, when Lord of the Rings was being made, my FX friends left for Weta. Well, that was a huge, that was a huge thing. That's what put Weta on the map. Yeah, people, I mean, <laughs> they had a huge staff. Huge. They did. I, although they've been going, they've been going through some drama the last couple of years. That's what I've heard. Yeah, so I, we won't get into that right now, though. All right, next up. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, Eric Winter was also in that Viva Laughlin show. I'm yeah, not the, uh, we were talking about Lloyd. Oh, I was talking about Lloyd Owen, who was in the Viva Laughlin show that was canceled and then right. took his face down from the thing. <clears throat> Stephen Denight's uh, first. Oh, that's what up. Sam was talking about. All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks for putting that in there, Sam. All right. Next up, Ethan Holgate writes, hell no. Three hours is not long enough. LOL. Just kidding. It's all subjective, but I personally love a long, great movie. So bring on the Batman. I mean, here's the thing. Like, Whenever I get into this discussion with people, it's like, John, if a movie's great, don't you want it to be longer? It's like, but making it longer will make it less great. Because when you, when a movie finds its sweet spot, like, because I have seen movies that are like an hour and 45 minutes and felt like it should have shaved off about 10 minutes just because for that movie. Yeah. I've seen hours that are two and a half hours long that I'm like, they should have put in another 15 minutes to breathe it out a bit. It, it it depends on the movie. But if you watch a great movie at two hours and 10 minutes, then that means it's found its sweet spot. It knew the right length to be. And if you made it any shorter or any longer, I think it would take away from it. What do you think? Well, I agree. I mean, hopefully that the filmmakers have time to work on the film and shape it and craft it into what it's supposed to be. Like, look, one of my favorite Warner Brothers movies is The Right Stuff, and it's three hours and 15 minutes, and I wouldn't cut a frame. 
But if this movie's great, if it has that epic Godfather type feel to it, where you really feel that the story is that engrossing, which I think it probably they've had a lot of time to work on this movie. Yes, that I'll bet I'll bet this movie's I think this movie's gonna be something special. I, really I do, do too. All right, next up. We got Julian Mott who writes, John, uh, just come back to the Bills Mafia, bro. We want you back. There's nothing keeping you a New England fan. Uh, Bucks can be one, but Bills should be two. We're Canada's team. I mean, the Bills are basically Canada's yeah. team. because, And we used to go across the border to go watch some Bills games. Uh, for those you always talk about, the Buffalo Bills were my team for, for a long time when I was younger. Until, as a team, they blatantly betrayed the fans by benching Doug Flutie, who had been killing it all year at quarterback, killing it, got them into the playoffs, and then in the playoffs, the owner decided, well, we invested a lot in this young new quarterback. We're going to start him. And Doug Flutie got us here. He's killing it. And you're, gonna, you're just going to start this kid in the playoffs? And of course, they got their asses beat. And at that, I, I just remember as a as, as younger football fan, I was like, I felt so betrayed by the team that I was like, fuck you. And I was out. I checked out. And I, I had become a big fan of Coach Parcells. Because when Parcells coached his New York Giants to beating my Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, I just remember thinking, man, all the all the hype about him is real. And I started following Parcells, and Parcells then went to coach at New England and became the New England Patriots coach. And that's when I became a New England's Patriots fan. It was even before the Brady era started. And uh, now Brady's off Tampa Bay, so I love Tampa Bay now. I love watching Brady, but New England's still my team. Heartbreaking watching them get their asses handed to them by Buffalo. But there's still a special place in my heart for Buffalo, so my number one team that I'm cheering for left in the playoffs is Tampa Bay. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl. But they are the number one team I'm cheering for. After that would be Buffalo. So uh, so once if Tampa Bay gets knocked out, then Buffalo's the team I'm going to be cheering for going to the Super Bowl. All right, let's move on here. Next up, uh, Suthius writes, Peloton is the only sponsored item I can't afford. Oh, but you can, Suthius. Here we go. You can, because you don't have to get the, the bike or the treadmill. I mean, if you can, get them, but you don't need them. The Peloton app, I, I am telling you, as I've been using it a bunch lately, it is incredible how much is on that app. Uh, and seriously, I encourage you download the app, check it out uh, for yourself. If you're at all interested in, you know, fitness at home and stuff like that, do check out that app. And I'm not just saying that because they're paying me to say it, although they are paying me to say it. But I would say it anyway. Seriously, the <laughs> app is incredible. Go check it out. All right. Next up, uh, we got Drew L. Ray writes, uh, hey, everyone, the Batman is my most anticipated movie this year. Most of my favorite movies are three hours. So bring it. Have a dope day, guys. And I'm telling you what, Drew, it is also my absolute most anticipated movie remaining of the year i cannot wait it's gonna be i it may might, might be awful but i'm predicting it's gonna be great a marcellus writes in and tips in like 20 dollars. thank you a marcellus for supporting us on that level man uh rob you'll be proud of me i'm getting back into physical media i pre-ordered steel books of grand uh, turismo 7 and horizon forbidden west for the ps5 and a collector's edition of knights of the old republic from limited run games wow i mean there you go i mean that's uh, I like video games. I'm still looking at my I have a shelf of my old video games, my PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 games. And a lot, I like those special editions, man. I have not only ditched physical media in movies. I've ditched physical media in games, too. Does like your all PlayStation the games 5 have a disc player in it? I you know what? I can't even remember. 
You know, I think it does. I think I think Ryan got me the one that does have the disc. But because I, I don't I'm get start the disc. feeding you all the documentaries I made. Oh, here you gotta watch this. You watch this. You gotta I, watch I, this. I don't know for sure that it has a, a disc player because I would never touch the disc player. But yes, you I'm will. I'm feeding you all the student films that I did 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That I've got converted from VHS. Nightstick three and Nightstick four. <laughs> <laughs> the student film. No, that's only the ones on the dark web, man. You that's the dark dig web one. You gotta dig the, deep for those. Oh, hey, the, I don't know if you know this. Nightstick trilogy. Rob appeared in an adult film. Did you know this? What? Yeah. I want all the details. Rob, Rob appeared. And I want. To I played see. Big Big's Darklighter in Star Wars Triple X. I'm sorry, you did what? Did <laughs> what? Big's it's, dark lighter. Big's dark lighter. Yep. How dark is it? And it, it's it's not big enough and not dark enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and I I flew I flew an X-wing fighter over the Death Star in Star Wars Triple X. And like, how did you even get into this? Well, there is a guy named Axel Braun who has Obviously. made a lot of Triple X parodies they do a lot of marvel stuff marvel uh -huh. and a friend of mine happened to be working on one of these movies and he's like dude you got to come down here we've built interiors of the millennium falcon we've built x-wing fighter cockpits and you there's full rebel flight suits he's got you you got to come check this out plus chewbacca's gonna have a threesome with two stormtroopers <laughs> and i said i go i'll come down and then when i went down there he goes you should be a, you should be in this movie you're funny so they gave me lines. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Please tell me you remember your lines. Uh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I said something about bullseyeing womp rats in my T-16. Oh, my God. Uh, but, but, yes, I got, to, I, I got to color my hair black. I got a 70s porn stash, and I wear a rebel flight suit. And, I, and Kylie Ireland, the famous porn star, was red leader, and I was... I was like, and I die. I just, I'm in an X-Wing. I fly an X-Wing and I crash. I get shot down over the Death Star. Oh. So uh, Aaron right now is still trying to process this. I mean, wait, I need to see Wait till you see the photograph I can show Oh, you. I need to see this because I need the porn unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm just not well hung enough to be a porn performer. So I have to be a rebel plot pilot. I was actually a driver for a performer, and um, we had many adventures together, including me. Uh, she was like, okay, today I need to go pick out butt beads. So we went to the pleasure chest, and I helped her pick out a starter set of butt beads. So that, one of the <laughs> many I don't want to wait, the many, one of the many I don't want to wait tables anymore jobs before I was actually a working <laughs> actor as I was a driver for a porn star. By the way, I do think Star Wars Triple X is three hours long. <laughs> So there you go. Well, I'm going to have mean, to take a bathroom epic. break halfway through. I won't tell you what for, but. All right. We've got to keep moving here. By the way, it, it looks like I forgot a yeah, question yeah, there you go. Uh, from AFL 2024 who wrote, uh, John, D23 tickets go on presale today for Visa card holders and on sale to the general public tomorrow. Will you be going this year? I I really like D23. So I I just may go. I think I just may get tickets and go to this thing. So I, I got to I mean, I haven't been keeping up on any of the the conventions or anything very much but this i'll keep my eye open for when right. does that usually take place what month does it actually... it's not every year so i don't even remember when it actually is supposed to take oh, place okay. to be honest with you um okay let's move on here um the last one i think we had was drew no the, the last one we had is aim ourselves so the next one up is Mark Harlan, who writes, confirm, John, the Vespa speeder bikes are in the Lord of the Rings show. <laughs> that would be like the last straw. 
that would be the last straw. Al Renshaw writes, does Chef Pleasures have any jokes about length? Oh, every day. Oh, every day. Oh. Al Renshaw also says, has Ray seen Bully Maguire yet? Oh, no, that's such I a haven't. that's such an overdone joke. Uh, Logan James Kynaston writes, Rob, on a recent companion video, you said films aren't subjective. People's opinions are. What exactly did you mean by that? I keep thinking about it. Well, I mean, I think it's everyone's opinion about something changes to everyone's opinions is subjective. It is. I do believe that certain art form, certain art is objectively great, but people's opinions of it are subjective. Hmm. And of course, to me, until you can empirically measure and prove something like if you say something is objectively great See, you are claiming that you can objectively prove that no fact. i'm not i'm not claiming but, but if, if something can't be approved as fact then it is by definition subjective well no, i would go back and say when galileo said that the sun was the center of the universe uh, uh the sun was the center of the solar system the earth did not earth was not the center people said to him you're wrong he just didn't know how to prove it yet that doesn't mean it wasn't true. Okay, so if we were in a court of law right now, you would say, uh, the judges say, we're gonna find your client guilty um, because the evidence says he is. And then you would say to the judge, but judge, there could be evidence coming that says he's not guilty. Do you have that evidence? No. Well, then, you're, then your client's guilty. You, you can't say oh, but it's I would... fact based on something that you don't know will ever come to be. Well, I, I think that there are things that we don't yet know about like we don't understand consciousness now our not understanding of consciousness doesn't mean it's not there it just means we don't yet understand it right so you can't uh, claim anything is factually true about something you don't understand right but just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not factually true <laughs> so you're just making it's it not, up it's so not factually true saying, until it's being until you can well, prove it until we can prove it like we don't know a lot a lot of things about the universe because we haven't been there yet but that doesn't mean they're not true um y y until it's true it's not true but, but it's all <laughs> you mean until we understand but, but, the so truth you're so there. but yes but then i can you can say anything you can say anything, and, well, that, but you can't call it true. And that's that's where it comes down to about this whole thing with me. Like, you seem to basically agree with me that you have to be able to factually prove something to call it objective truth. Your argument, though, that differs from mine is that eventually you think we will be able to prove that. Yeah. Like, and right I would, now I, I would, think there's nothing that does. I would say this. I can't factually prove that my dog understands things that I say but I know it's true because I've witnessed it and seen it. I just can't quantify it and say a court of law. But There's... what you're talking about, that's faith. That's faith versus no. fact. That's faith versus fact. But, but see, but see, here's the thing. It's like science, okay? Science presupposes they have a supposition, a hypothesis that they have to prove and you can prove it or disprove it. But there's a lot of things where like gravity, things like that, it's a hypothesis. And we have many ways that we can prove it over and over again, but there's things about that we can't yet prove. And I would say this, I would say for instance, art, the way art is affecting of us. Like I'll give you an example, a rock riff, a guitar riff, like the beginning of the Rolling Stones satisfaction. I believe that certain sounds and music like a guitar riff, actually physiologically affects us which is why some guitar riffs 
whether it's the beginning of Stairway to Heaven. Now, I can't prove this. But there are ways to prove it. Yeah, well, like sound theory. But, I mean, but, yeah, you've got, right, but we can't necessarily, I can't sit there and go, the Rolling Stones opening of Satisfaction has a physiological effect. I mean, sound theory is true, but I could say that's one of the greatest guitar riffs ever. Okay. But we, until we, it's measurable, we don't but have that ways. that is measurable because that's actually There are ways you can measure that of, today. Of, yeah. Well, I believe that that's also true of art. It's just we have. But there tried are no it. ways of doing it. Not yet. It. Okay, so that that's that's where it comes down to. This is that you are making a statement of faith that sometime in the future something will happen that we cannot prove will or will not happen. And so, as long as that's the case, it remains. If like if you cannot prove something is true, like if somebody says a joke and it makes you laugh and it doesn't make me laugh, well. But one cannot say I can prove by fact that joke was funny. It's like you can't. It depends on the individual hearing the joke and how it, it elicits a response. But listen, we've got to move on. We've gone on way too long on this and we, we're running out of time. All right. Next up, uh, we got Sebastian Gonzalez. We still have a few questions ago. Uh, Sebastian Gonzalez writes, uh, like it overall, but my biggest issue with Book of Boba Fett is its slow pace. Only now at the end of episode four does the plot seem to start Hope it gets better. Rob, I remember you and I were talking uh, about this because we were talking about, I can't remember if it was up, it might've been after episode three. We were talking about, you said something along the lines of we're X many of episodes in and I'm still not even really sure what the show's about. Like, so when, when Sebastian says that, like, do you feel like you were just getting started now or do you still kind of feel it's lost in the mind? Well, you know what? Boba Fett actually says something definitive in episode four and he kind of explains where he's at. Right. Like, and he really, and I'm like, that's the show and why why is it taken till episode four to actually hear him express this now i get kind of why but i think they could have said this in episode two yeah you know or had something where where because that's i think what he's he states his mission there's a mission statement that he gives well there's that scene that we saw in the trailers where it's at the table all the crime lords are saying that yeah. was in the trailer it was in the trailer and you're absolutely right that's exactly the moment we're, oh, they, now they're kind of saying what the show's about, but it's more than halfway. And it's through that the show. conversation he has with Fennec Shan. He's like, "Look, I I'm tired of working for douchebags." It's basically what he says. That I don't should have been an episode anymore. one conversation. It should have been an episode one conversation. Yeah, you're right about that because that's the whole premise of the series. You know, then you people would never have complained if they heard that they're like, "I get Boba Fett now," because they're wondering yep. why was he this guy and now he's this guy. Yep, you're absolutely right. All right, next up. We've got uh, Al Renshaw who writes, I wonder if Aaron has kept up with all the shenanigans involving Kim Ray, Cock Max, uh, too many hoes out there segment, and et cetera. Well, I think as as was proved by the fact when we said Aaron Bromings, uh, that that no, she's quite behind on yeah, some of the new uh, on the the new lingo and linguistics. And things I'm sure there'll her. be more. New, we'll get her caught things. up. New things. I don't even know if I want to know about this. We will we will get her caught up uh, on all that too. Uh, by the way, listen guys, there are also a couple of super chats that got sent in by, uh, via Wiley Todd, uh, Toe Koo guy. Uh, also sent in a super chat badge just to be supportive. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate that. <laughs> and guys. That's it for our time today. We have, <laughs> we have run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us here today on this episode of The John Cabot Show. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. I want to thank everybody who's here. First of all, starting with the COVID-free. Yeah. Ray Ora. Ray, where can people follow you online? That's Ray Ora with a zero. 
And right beside him is, of course, Aaron with Joey Bishop. Where can people follow you? <laughs> Joey just woke up. You can find us at Aaron L. Cummings and on an episode of The Rookie airing February 27th. By the way, Joey looks like a little Wookiee. She does. She needs she I couldn't get her into the groomer this week. They're all packed up. So she's just a fucking mess. Oh, I think she looks adorable. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out Dota because you got the guy right here. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett. People can find me on Twitter, Burnett RM or find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work or here, of course, almost every day. Uh, by the way, I got to say this little quick story. So, uh, I had a couple of business meetings yesterday. Uh, one of them happened over in Burbank at uh, the BJ's restaurant in Burbank. And so I had toted my iPad along with me and I left, drove all the way back out to Riverside. And I realized I'd left my iPad there. And at night, Robert Meyer Burnett was kind enough to uh, get back into his car, drive from Pasadena to Burbank. Big to go dark lighter. And pick big dark lighter. Moving. Coming that through. Big dark lighter coming that through. Bunch. But the, cra the crazy thing about that was, I mean, John had to call and give a description. I had to have his codes for his computer. They weren't the, I mean, the manager came and like sat down next to me. He's like, are you who you say you are? And, and well, look, cause the manager literally asked me on the, when I first called and said, like, do you have my thing? He goes, yes, here it is. And I said, okay, it won't be me coming to get it. I'm probably gonna have somebody coming to get it. And he's like, can you please provide me with a physical description of the person coming to get it? And I'm like, have you ever seen the Star Wars porn parody? <laughs> You know Big's Dark Lighter? <laughs> Big's no, Dark Lighter, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I did literally have to give them Rob's description, and Rob drove over to Burbank That's and picked up my iPad for me. That's so I'm gonna have to too. I'm gonna have to put a picture of that up on Twitter today That's so people can see too. it. <laughs> no, I would Absolutely. say this. You yeah, know big shout out to BJ. Shout out to BJ. The... They did a great job and, and they were really cool about it. And um that yeah, they were protected my property. Uh, anyway, guys, you guys can also follow me uh simply on social media on Instagram and on Twitter, simply at John Campia. And guys, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campia show. Thank you so much for being here, making the show part of your day. Don't forget to join us again tomorrow. We'll have the whole crew back in here. COVID not standing uh and anyway guys thanks a lot that'll do it for us for now guys thanks a lot for being here my name is john campia and until next time my friends bye-bye